We'll keep this space open. This is the last stronghold for civil discourse. After this shit, it's just rat a tat 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 Almost positive is meant for another audience. Almost positive may contain sexually oriented content. Politically oriented content. And unethically oriented content. Listener discretion advised. Now, here's Almost Positive with Van Rollington and Sir Rollington. Charles Manson is one of those fucking uh, wild Democrat criminal types and shit. Is he? Yeah. I thought he was just a crazy guy in, in prison. No, watching, <coughs> fucking watching everything that's been going on on the news, I get like this Helter Skelter vibe from the Democrats. Hell yeah. Like, nice. um, yeah, like they're waiting for. Well, yeah, they try to pull Charles Manson. Charles Manson's whole mission was, all right. He, he was going to create a race war. And after the race war, he figured the white people would lose the, the battle. And the minorities and the blacks would, would win because they were, I guess, more physically fucking uh, endowed. <laughs> <laughs> Show and, me the lie. And then uh, he would, after this, he would emerge as their leader because he, he didn't think that they could rule over themselves. Uh-huh. So that was his whole plan. It was like, we get these people fighting, the black folks will win, but they can't rule themselves. So then I'll come out as their savior and fucking uh, it'll all work out. So that was his plan. And that sounds like what the Democrats are doing. They're just constantly just waiting out in the bunkers, waiting for the race war to end already. Yeah, they're they're just inside, you know, inciting shit, making shit worse and just kind of assuming that people are going to keep going, keep fighting and. You know, eventually they'll just come out and be like, all right, you guys can't rule over yourselves. You know, you need us. Show me the line. So, well, dude, you know, that's 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 the that's the democratic way, man. Or I, the, I like white people. The Democrat way. <laughs> the Democrat. But uh, maybe we'll erect uh, 50 years from now um, statues of Nancy Pelosi with her knee, you yeah. know, kneeling. Yeah. And then 50 years from then, it'll get torn down for whatever reason whatever people reason. come up with. Oh, but so. So, you know, Charles Manson, because I, I started watching a couple clips today, and in 1987, I think, he was interviewed, and he, he gave some, you know, he went on about, like, the environment and us melting the ice and uh, with, with our machines. and He's ahead of his time. Thing. Way ahead of his time. So I could see how the Democrats is, is a big influence on them, but I have a couple clips from him that were kind of insightful, you know. Okay. I've never been a success at anything. I even got to the point where I didn't want to be a success at anything. 
what would be a success? What does that mean? You know, money? Oh, I've had all the money in the world three times and I had to give it back. That's a stupid little game, you know? My awareness and my consciousness is not the same as somebody that goes to school and has a mom and dad. See, not having parents have left me in a, another dimension, so to say, you know? That's good. That's deep. <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah, Charles Benson kind of had some insight, you know. He knew why he was a criminal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, what was it, like five, seven years ago? Like, I was just chopping up Manson clips, and I was just all like, oh, man, this guy was fucking, there's a method to his fucking madness. Yeah. If you actually, like, understand what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. But then again, you know, I've taken so much acid in my life that, you know, anything kind of makes sense. Yeah, that's true. That's true, too. I have, I have, I have like, two more. I like these. I don't fit in society, and I am incompetent. I'm definitely incompetent. No, that's not what I would say. Well, I, no, I say that. I say that. No, there's nothing wrong with being incompetent because you don't have to do as much. Uh, <laughs> if you're competent, then you got a lot to do. See? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of people that I come across so fucking all the time, fucking at work and shit. It's like, all right, I could do that, uh-huh. but I'm not because then, then I'd have to do that. It's yeah, nice. why do that when, you know... When you could just not. When you could just not, yeah. Do you feel guilty for the thousands and millions of Indians that you destroyed? Do you feel guilty for the gas chambers where you've killed the Jews? Do you feel guilty for timeless, endless... How far can you go back and say, guilty of what? Guilty of what? There's no need to be guilty. That's that's still Charles Manson? I thought that was somebody at BLM. I, I think he's talking about uh, white people. Oh. My children are coming... I told you 20 years ago, I told the judge, can't you see what you're doing here? He didn't care. Nobody cared. Only a handful of children cared. They cared enough to give their all. So the children are coming. The children? The cho- yeah, I think I think it's Pelosi and her fucking, uh, her brigade, her gaggle of oh, fucking. Oh, I thought it was, you know, the white girls. The white girls. No. Love that shit. <laughs> No, it's, uh, I mean, I guess there's a couple of white girls in there with them. Ooh, woo. A lot of white, white men. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, uh, you know, it's, it's all been kind of surreal. Yeah. Last week I was like, you know what? I want to, I, I, there was a protest. There was a protest. That's what they called it? A protest? There was a protest, um, by my, by my, uh, apartment. And I was like, you know what? Uh, Ulysses was going to be there, you know, our, yeah. our special guest from last week. And I was like, I'll I'll go, you know, I'll go I'll go see what's going on. And uh I don't go to protests. You don't schmooze? No. I I could it's all very cringe to me all the time, constantly. It's, it's okay. Even if it makes sense, it's like we're here for one cause, but then everyone here's kind of on some other shit. And yeah. I can't ag- I've never been able to see something and been like, Wow, I I agree with that so fully that I'm gonna go and shout. You know, and make signs and shit. Yeah. So I, as someone who felt the need to participate in stuff like that five, seven years ago, I can just tell you now. I look back and I'm just all like, ah, oh, disappointment. Like, ah, oh, what did I really accomplish? Oh, I, I yeah, I, I, <laughs> I didn't have to experience it to be like, nah. But then I was like, hey, you know what? Let's go, let's go see what's going on. I, I like the idea of like, all right, you know, unifying fucking Hispanics and black people. Because they they normally don't get along very well, uh-huh. or they seem to the 
They get along fine, but then when they dislike each other, it's very... That seems to be the time they most unite is when they're like, hey, fuck Whitey. Well, so I'm like, all right, I'm down with this, you know. I'm I'm down with, with seeing what's going on with this. So we go, and uh, it's like half white people, half brown people. Well, no, half brown white people, and then a quarter black and a quarter brown. The uh, hipsters of the neighborhood? Yeah, you know, a lot of, uh, yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Oh, uh, rich kids. I don't know if they're rich. They're upper, upper, uh, or lower, lower middle class. With that, I don't know. They're renters. But anyway, so they they were, uh, I don't know. They were shouting. They were shouting stuff. You know, like you know, they were doing the Black Lives Matter, and then like the people. So this is outside of a church. Well, let's say a church. A church. A, a local a, community a, church. A a local community church that's profound uh, roots in uh, activism. Yeah. So, yeah, they were having a whole thing, and they, they had some speakers, and they were talking about um, just some of the local things that have happened that had to do with crime or police and things like that. And uh, at some point, like, going through the crowd with uh, an escort with, like, four or five people, this fucking black dude popped out, and he walked off, and I'm like, damn. Who the fuck is that? It's like an old man. Like, who is that? Like, he had an escort. He had, like, four people with him, and they just kind of went through the crowd, and I was like, damn, who the fuck was that? It's like square, square-headed-ass square fucking yeah. light-skinned black dude. So I'm like, all right, did I know on, this person. Did he have on bright colors? He had a gray suit. Oh, shit. It was tall. It was uh, imposing. And then so I'm like, all right, who the fuck was that? I, I, I couldn't get over it. I'm like, I start Googling people, and I'm like, all right, was that Jesse Jackson and shit? I've never seen Jesse Jackson because I don't go to protests. Uh-huh. But I do know that he's at every single protest all the time. Yeah. All the time. And I am I have a theory that they have doubles of him. Oh. They have clones. clones Maybe not clones. Jackson? Yeah, not just lookalikes like they do, like they used to with fucking uh, Saddam Hussein. That's racist. You can't just say that there's there, there's multiple. Like there's Jackson. multiple. There's only one Jesse Jackson. Yeah. Um, I've had experiences viewing Jesse Jackson. I've had my Jesse Jackson uh, sightings. You know, he's elusive. <laughs> he's like Bigfoot and shit. Yeah, you know, yeah. when you see him, you got to pull your camera out and just fucking like, oh shit, there he is. Yeah, it, it was pretty surreal. I was like, oh shit. Because I, you know, I've only seen him yeah. on pictures, TV, and he had a mask on, which oh. which is why it was like, I couldn't tell who the fuck oh, he was okay. at first. I, I don't right. blame you now. Forgot that part of the story. Uh, he had a mask on, but anyway. So we're chilling. There's music. Jesse Jackson booked it and shit because he's like, "Fuck this, I'm done here." Yeah, I don't even know he, if he spoke. Apparently, he didn't. No, every protest that I've gone to, that he shows up, he shows up for like a quick picture and then takes off. Like literally That's thirty cool. seconds. He he knows how to get yeah. in and out of there as quick as possible and make sure that the media knows that he was yeah. there. And you know, from from like you know how we see pictures of uh, Jeffrey Epstein, Ep- Epstein, Epstein, Epstein. And and it's like, oh, here's a picture of him with this person. And we just assume, like, well, that person must be raving children because yeah. <laughs> he's there with fucking Jeffrey. So it's like Jesse Jackson uses that. He knows. Yeah, he yeah. shows up, takes a picture, and people just assume he was there. And it's like, I was there. Look, it's a picture. I uh, I like the nickname. He didn't do shit. I like the nickname that some of the black community have given him, the poverty pimp, because uh, yeah. I, I do strongly believe that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't favor him uh, too much. But anyway, so... Then we're chilling and people started um, passing out. They had little plates of food. It was like a like a gala. You know how uh-huh. when you when yeah. you go to a gala, 
the the servers bring fucking appetizers. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers had appetizers just oh. walking around the crowd giving out free appetizers. It's fucking no social distancing. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the fuck is cooking this shit. I don't know yeah. when the shit was made. Just just popping out. I'm like, I mean that's cool, but what the fuck? It was kind of like weird. I told my girl, I'm like, dude, it's like a fucking uh. My first protest is very surreal. It's not how I picture protests. It's not how po- protests are. No. It's fucking terrible. It was advertised as a protest, but apparently it wasn't. And um, these people had fucking um, a lot of platitudes, music. They One of the platters, one of the fucking um, dishes was sourdough asparagus on goat cheese with, with a spring of parsley, bro. I don't Dang. know. I don't. I mean, I guess that was for the vegetarians. Uh-huh. They had mole. What's mole? How do you? How would you explain mole? Uh, it's like a sauce on some meat. I don't know what the a fuck. Sauce on some meat. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> what the fuck? I don't I know what to is. tell you, man. Yeah. I'm not one of those people that actually goes out and looks for these things. Well, I go to family reunions, and then all of a sudden, hey, there's mole, and I'm all like, uh, well, well I, I guess I'll try it. Mole is a fucking thick brown Mexican sauce that's like got a little bit of chocolate in it and peanuts and about like 50 or 40 spices. Anyway, they had that <laughs> shit. They had Mexican beef soup, which is the only way I could call fucking uh, carne en su jugo. I don't even know what the you fuck You don't know that what is. that is? Oh, my <laughs> no. God. You're not even Mexican, bro. What a fucking shameful fuck. I'm sorry. You know, the only way I claim to be Mexican is the horn on my car. Yeah. On your beater. On your beater, bro. On my beater. My and fucking, they have, put, they have Puerto Rican rice, pork chops, barbecue ribs. One of my guys told me they had ca- caviar. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> Maybe he was joking at how fucking bougie the fucking event Maybe. turned out to be. Oh well, so okay, so Ulysses had mm. been making those shirts, the the brown and black um, shirts, and he'd been, you know, since the since since just about when the fucking uh, protest started, passing out those shirts, trying to get people to fucking have that that whole camaraderie, mm-hmm. and um, he went over there with like forty shirts. And uh, he was passing them out to some of the organizers, I guess. And, like, he came across a couple of politicians and talked to them. And they just kind of were, like, super dismissive. Like, they were dicks. But then they wanted a shirt. Oh, of course. (laughs) And I was just like, so they ended up. All the all the VIP fucking, you know. Wait, wait, wait. There's a VIP section? They had lanyards. Like a fucking, like like a festival, like a concert. That's not very cash money of you guys. You know, that's very not very proletarian of you. No, I, one of the guys said that it was like, uh, you know, they have VIP passes to the revolution. Because that's what it was, right? Damn. Yeah, they were. So Ulysses and his guys were pretty upset because, yeah. So they, they kind of like took all the shirts just among all the staff and yeah. people running the thing. And these fucking politicians just kind of wanted a little souvenir and shit. Yeah. So it was... It was pretty crazy because I, I called Ulysses. He had left, so I went to meet him up where he was at, like a couple blocks uh-huh. down. And he was, uh, needless to say, he was disillusioned. Uh-huh. So we're we're gonna have to have him on, and and ask him about that whole experience. Good, because he he's he you know it's kind of like the the culmination of some of the some of the things that he was doing. Like it was supposed to be a, a protest, like a rally that took it turned into, or I guess it turned into a rally. There were DJs, yeah. DJ. DJ Genius or G- some genius. DJ. DJ, some DJ Genius, yeah. Burr, burr, burr. Burr, burr, burr. The fucking 
I guess, you know, um, as the saying goes, you know, the revolution will not be televised. I guess the revolution won't have general admission. Well, it has general admission, but it has your VIP. You know, you get you get a little souvenir shirt and a lanyard and shit. You get some asparagus and some sourdough bread with goat cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I Look, I really wanted to eat the food. But I didn't trust that shit, man. Fuck that. Don't fuck. do it, bro. When you hear that there's an outbreak of fucking uh, COVID in the Pilsen neighborhood, you'll know why. Nah. Yeah. Fuck that. I'm safe. But it was good. Then we went with, with, with this guy and had beers and, uh, you know, we we uh, lamented the fact that the veil had been pulled and he, he saw behind the yeah. fucking you know yeah that's good that's a good red pilling moment yeah i was like dude this is this is what i was telling you about because i mentioned it in the podcast yeah. when he was on i'm like you know 2008 this is when i f- found all this shit out and he was like oh okay bro okay you know yeah. like uh, uh yeah bitch yeah <laughs> now you know what it's like <laughs> i'll tell so. you it's cool. He'll hear this and he could come back later and tell us all about you it. You guys are wrong. <laughs> nah, he'll just be like, he he, you know, he he'll 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 come back. Just, yeah, yeah. Uh, we should invite. We'll have an open invitation for him to come back and stay, uh, explain stay, stay his tuned. perspective. Yeah, stay tuned, and we'll get a, an update from the from the Chicago Revolution here with the unity of the races. Oh, woo! Well, you know, it's a social. It's it's, it's what's going on, man. And I what. Know. So what's going on? You were you you were interviewed, dude. I heard you were interviewed. Yeah, speaking of social black. issues, I was uh, interviewed by a sociologist uh, uh, a few days. I think it was yesterday. You know, sociologists. I know sociology. Sociology. Sociologies. Um, so they wanted to interview me about the homeless, the disenfranchised, the impoverished. So I was giving her my take on it. And you're homeless. You're disenfranchised, no, and no, no, you no. are impoverished. No, no, no. I I help. I help these people as okay. much as possible. I, oh. I take time, get paid, and help. You sound people. like a communist. I'm sorry, um, but yeah, we were going through an interview, and it was going fairly well, till I basically uh, didn't fit the narrative, uh, oh. because I was basically discussing how, you know, in the homeless population, you have people who have mental illness, and you know, we need more resources to, you know, help these people. And she was, you know, nodding, yes, yes, yes. We need more money. Yes, yes. And then I was talking about those who had been incarcerated, how hard it is for people to get back on their feet after they have a criminal record. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me more. Yes, yes. But then I got to, you know, a good portion of the people who abuse the system and basically just, like, leech off of it and just more or less try to live free as possible. Like Charles Manson was saying. Like Charles Manson was saying, yeah. (laughs) And... She immediately stopped the interview and was just all like, well, you don't know what you're talking about because you don't have a degree and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm just all like, but you asked me like my view, my perspective on the whole thing. I'm letting you know that there's a diverse, you know, group of um, individuals who need help in this, you know, whole homelessness situation. And from what I could tell, yeah, there are a lot of people who need assistance through programs, through, you know, mental Dude, awareness. Degrees come from fucking studies and studies are conducted by people on the ground, uh-huh. and uh, I'm not sure what the fuck more on the ground one can be than than fucking serving these people every single day. And you get to see you in one year, you'll meet hundreds of yeah. them, at least at least a hundred homeless people. And yeah, they come from all walks of life, and they all have all sorts of different shit going on. Uh-huh. Some of them are homeless for a moment, and then they get back on their feet. Some of them 
have been homeless for 15 years and they go from shelter to shelter and they're fine with that. Yeah. Some of them stay out in the summer and chill out, out in the streets. And then in the winter they go to shelters. Some of them go over on shelters to fucking sleep overnight. And then they go back out during the day. Like, and some of them will not, not be homeless. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) It's so common, but yeah, people that don't fucking have never seen it it's inconceivable to to a regular person like someone being like nah i'd rather stay in the street yeah so i was telling her oh would you like a second opinion and she's all like i don't want to speak to your co-host angel because he's gonna have the same opinion because you guys are just like you know racist or whatever it might be that she you know racist i don't know but then i was all like i was just all like okay how about then i let you speak with Someone else, you know, another coworker, someone else who I know that's in the field. So there to talk to. Okay. Yeah. And then so I was all like, and you can ask them about people who feel entitled to these services and just more or less want to leech off the system and just, you know, play the system as much as possible. And she was just all like, well, no, because there are plenty of studies that have disproven all that. And I'm all like, you're doing an interview with me. And then you're taking my opinion and my perspective on it, completely just like dismissing it. So how is any study or any paper going to get written about, you know, this point of view of the situation if you yourself (laughs) won't actively add it into the conversation? Are you saying that the person that did the study she's citing dismissed their friend's opinion that didn't go along with the narrative? Yeah. Oh, my God. I it's that's inconceivable. Inconceivable. Nah, dude. It's but it's because it's not it's not as it's not simple. It's not as simple as that. Like most people that are in that situation are depressed. Most of them have untreated sure. decades of fucking depression that they have like no no even concept of like all oh, right this yeah. is this is something like you know expression or fucking like being able to vent. Mm-hmm. So it. You know, but but people make that choice. Like, when we went on lockdown, we had a dude, senior citizen, was like, fuck you guys, I am leaving. And he went to live in the alley by the church till lockdown was lifted, and then he came back in. <laughs> and, like, that was literally a choice that a lot of people made because they were like, no, I'd rather go live out there. And then, yeah, in, t- in terms of you get you get income, you get Social Security, if if you don't have a big overhead, you could live for free. You know, thirty percent of your social security check to pay rent. This is like, what I was also explaining to her: is that people will turn down housing because no. <laughs> because oh, I don't want to pay that much, or I don't yeah. want to give thirty percent of my yeah. SSDI check or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. And it's all like, well, how are we supposed to fucking help you then? Like here, we're offering you something that's like yeah, but that that what well, that's reasonable. Crazily unreasonable. What that speaks to is the level of um, mental illness and the subtlety of it. Um, Dr. Drew talks about that. And it's a a specific condition that's seen in in certain types of mental illness. Like it's like a little branch Uh fucking symptom. And it's like a complete lack of self-awareness. It's like what a lot of addicts have. It's like what a lot of people who are delusional have where it's like, Oh, well, no. Like, we worked with a lady who wanted to go from the shelter to Harvard. Remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, but first we need to do these other things so Mm -hmm. that you could have a place to live that's not like a shelter. Well, 
I saw on the TV that a lady went yeah. from a shelter to Harvard. And that's what I want to do. It's and that's like, the problem. Oh. You know, they hear that, oh, so-and-so paid on, pays only $150 for his apartment. Well, I can't tell you why so-and-so fucking has that, what kind of conditions they have to fucking earn that fucking position or whatever. But based on what your you know situation is, this is the best we can do, and you're not going to get something better. Well, man, I don't know. I when when things go back to normal, mm-hmm. maybe um, your sociologist could do some some field work and volunteer. That would be nice. It's a good way to learn. Yeah, what really happens in these places, and not volunteer once. No, no, no but I, keep going because the first time there, people yeah. are going to be real nice to you the first yeah. time they see you, but oh, once yeah. they've seen you for a month. You're not special anymore. You're not like a volunteer. You be, just become staff to them, and that's when you get spit on and thrown. Guys, you get shit. Thrown. I've made plenty of offers <laughs> to come and cook, to come and uh, interact. Oh, everyone likes to. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> you won't go into any word. No, listen. <laughs> just, um, yeah, just be good. Just be good. Be, be, be nice kind. to each other. Yeah, that's it. That's be all. That's people. all. That's all we require from people here at Almost Positive. Be kind to one another. Yeah, if you guys uh, feel the need to, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, do something, advocate for more, you know, uh, mental health services. That's what we can advocate. Yeah, we can. We can strongly advocate for that. We can strongly advocate for, um, you know, more programs to help out individuals who have been incarcerated. Yeah. We can uh, strongly advocate for, um, you know, people coming out of domestic violence situations to get their lives back together. Yeah. But I will also tell you that there are people out there who don't have any of these who just want to fu- a free ride. Yeah. Well, well, there we go. We got too serious. Now, this is not a serious show, guys. <laughs> Now, well, so I had uh, I had someone coming on who I started talking to recently, and um, he's actually the host of the Dust podcast, mm-hmm. or actually, slaughter that shit, start that over. Okay, he's the host from the. <laughs> What's wrong with you? The fucking show is called From the Dust podcast. Okay, uh, he's a Christian, I believe. Uh, he's, you know, he's a religious guy, and I think that I saw some of his videos and some of the things he was saying, and I thought they were interesting, you know. So I just wanted to get him on and talk to him, figure out what's been going on with him, how he's been dealing with the with the COVID, mm-hmm. um, you know, the riots. He's over there in California. Uh, you know, he's Latino or Lat- Latinx. Latinx. Lat- Latinx. And yeah, he he just had a he just had a cool cool. I liked his style of of uh, I guess uh, spreading the gospel. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not religious, but I believe that religion is uh, important. Speaking of Latinx, um, what mutant power does he have? I'm not sure, man. Oh, okay. is that what Latinx is? Yeah, I thought it was like a X Men thing, oh. like he's Latino and X Men. Oh, man, it's, it's progressive, bro. Oh, okay. Get with it, man. That's why people don't fucking consult you for studies. Because oh. <laughs> I don't know the language. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yo, what's going on, man? What's well, no, man? Just chilling. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good, man. Um, so I'm Sir Rollington. That's Van Rollington. 
What's going on, man? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So, uh, how do you say your last name? Science. Science. James Science. All right, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just telling uh, the people here that uh, I, I was reaching out to people to talk to earlier. And uh, you is your show from the dust, right? Yeah, correct. From this podcast. Yeah, from the from the dust podcast. Um, and so so I'm you know I myself was uh, I was baptized you know Catholic when I was when I was born, like a lot of Latino people do. I'm not. I I wouldn't say that I'm like very religious, but I have a, a deep appreciation for like what I hear in the Bible and like what a lot of those things mean and 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 what what the power that religion and and, and the scripture has on people, you know, and like and being able to one, it's it's a scripture that a lot of people try to dismiss and act like it's not important, but it's it's gone through time and and generations, and it's people have always found value in it you know and it's one of those things that yeah. you could read you could read when you're young and see one thing and you could read it again when you're grown and see a whole nother thing you know and i think that that's i mean how many books are like that you know correct um, no, i always tell, tell people um there's a difference between spirituality your religion you don't gotta go to church you know mm-hmm. all the time but as long as you, you believe in god and you have a relationship you know and you do by his word and there's, there's no, you know, there's no doing wrong. You know what I mean? Right. And I always okay. thought, I've always thought it's real interesting how, how people try to dismiss that, but there's no way that something that has no value could, could make it through, 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 through all of that, you know, and still be, be important. You know, it's it shaped societies and it's, it's been instrumental in a lot of people's recovery and a lot of people's like being able to, to overcome their circumstances. So, I've always had a lot of respect for it, you know. Right, right. Yeah, man, I, no, I, I sometimes I'm not, I'm not perfect, you know what I mean. But I have a good foundation, you know what I mean. Sometimes uh, I might say some stuff I shouldn't say. Sometimes if I let my mind wander, but you know, um, I'm just based on, on biblical words, you know what I mean. That's just how I just grew up. Yep. So you're you're from? Are you from Cali? You were born and raised there, or? Yeah, I was I was born and raised uh, California. I was. Born in East LA, but uh, if anybody knows uh, Southern California, I was uh, raised in the San Fernando Valley. Cool, yeah. I'm, I listen to a couple podcasts from people that are from over there, so I'm like, I've heard of so many neighborhoods and streets, but I've never been to California myself. Yeah, the, the man, the West Coast, it's a, uh, it's something else, man. Um, it's got, it's got a lot of culture. It's, it's got a lot of history. You know what I mean? It's very diverse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I mean that's that's one of the first places I want to go to. Um you know, when I start traveling uh is California and California is huge, you know. So I know it's like super vague to say California cuz all sorts of places down there, but I want to make my way down there and start seeing some of the There's so many places that I would recognize if I went if I went down there, especially from playing video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be like I could tell you like all right, being here, I know that that Venice Beach is like, like what? If you're in Hollywood, is where's Venice Beach from Hollywood? Like what? Southwest. But, but this is a, just a few minutes away. It, it, yeah, it's great. It makes sense because you know GTA. You know, yeah, it, it's almost <laughs> down to it's almost down to a T, bro. Yeah, you got the beach in the city. It's it's very recognizable, man. Yeah, that's cool because I I was telling my girl like I'll be watching movies, 
and I'll see like a building or a spot and I'll be like, oh shit, look, I know that place. And it's from playing, uh, from playing GTA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I relate, bro. Yeah. Pretty yeah, man, it's, it's, you got, you got your cities, bro, and then you got your beaches, and then you got your, uh, you know, your national park. So it's, it's a good place to visit, man. Yeah, it's what I want to see. One of those fucking like 300 foot tall giant Redwoods? trees. Yeah, that you could Redwoods, like, yeah, like walk around. Like, like, not even 40, well, where I am now, like 45 minutes, less than an hour from. Yeah. From that, you know, I'm all, I'm, all, I'm all farmland, you know, from where I grew up. I grew up in the city, we like city, you know, buildings and stuff where I live now. It's almost, it's almost all, it's all cow land and, and farmland. And you go further down north, it's it's all Yosemite and all the redwoods yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, it's very beautiful. That's dope. That's dope. And so, so how's, uh, you know, I, I, when we talked earlier, I mentioned to you that I wanted to talk about COVID and, you know, how that's been uh, over there. Um, you know, we're, we're here in Chicago. And I was I was in quarantine myself. Well, not quarantine. I was self isolating. I guess you were at home. <laughs> yeah, I was working. I worked from home for like a month and a half, and then I went back to work like about a month and a half ago or so. I, I guess has it been that long? Yeah, then? it's been. Yeah, it's fucking fine. Wow. And um, so how how's that been for you over there? I I I dodged all of it. I think unless I had it and never realized it. Yeah. Um. And I'm, you know, what's weird is um, when it, when I first came, a lot of people were panicking. You know, it's like, well, and then when it, it slowly started, one case, two cases, and just down the road, there's a, a old folks home, and like they had like twelve or thirteen cases. You know, and I I didn't really it didn't really bug me because I didn't I didn't know anybody that had it, and I didn't know anybody that knew somebody that had it. You know, right? But re- recently, um, the mother of my kids came down uh, positive with it. You know, mm. and uh. Yeah, so it's like I, I've been around them, so it's like you know, it, it get, when that happened, it got real, you know. And yeah. I had to go get tested myself, and I'm kind of like self quarantining. You no, know, I haven't been to work, but uh, but almost a week, you know, I'm waiting my test results. So it, it it got real, real. Before I didn't, I didn't care because I didn't know anybody, but now it's like, you know, it's it's, it's it really it's really happening, man. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like I said, I I started working from home. Um, me and this guy work at the same place, and he he was still working on site. I was surrounded by them <laughs> and he by managed, people with COVID. He managed to uh, to stay out of out of it too. Um, I yeah, I was I was at home. Then I went back, and now it's it's kind of slowed down in Chicago. Everything's kind of starting to reopen. Um, and I don't know. I'm I'm far more comfortable than I was when 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 it all started. Just kind of having some of the information that's out now about it, you know, about the surfaces and the the asymptomatic people not being as dangerous as they first thought um you know that's been kind of a relief i guess but as soon as we got that right like as soon as we got a little bit of good news about covid it, the shit went down and everything started with um with the you know with the george floyd murder and yeah. the riots and the protests and um you know here in chicago it hit pretty hard uh two weeks ago that weekend was rough um it was crazy uh and how how was it over there where you're at right right here they they have a little uh not not protests but peaceful little little marches and walks you know uh yeah people in the corners just just showing their their respect mm-hmm. you know not not causing any trouble not causing any 
violence just uh, trying to be peaceful because the town I live in, bro, it's, it's real, it's real mellow, bro, more peaceful. There's a lot of sane people than other neighborhoods, you know. So I I seen a difference, bro, and I just don't understand why um why cause more violence, bro. Why cause more trouble, you know? If if you're gonna protest, protest right, you know, pro- protest peacefully, you know, march, right. you know, make a stand, you know, do right. But all, all this all this rioting and and violence, it, it just adds more pre- more pressure, you know, and adds more to the stereotype, you know, it gives people reason to be so angry, you know, it gives a piece of reason, well, this is why that person got shot, well, this is why the police are so mad because nobody knows how to really act, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Agree with that? Yeah, I think, I think that that's something that we, since everything started, have been trying to, to focus on. Um, you know, we've had a couple of different people with, with different opinions about how it should be handled and everything, and you know, me, myself, I think that exactly that, that we shouldn't give people the reason to point at us and, and be like, see, this is why we treat you this way. Um, you know, I feel that we should avoid that as much as possible. Um, I guess accountability, you know, personal accountability. Ac- accountability. Yeah, yeah. Um, why, 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 give, why give the police the reason to crack their skull? You know what I mean? I, I know it, 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 was, it was wrong. You know, it way it happened and it shouldn't have happened. You know, there should have been a different way of going about it. Yeah. But with all with all that stuff, man, it just it just it gave the police to more reason to be angry and just for them to have an excuse to beat somebody down. You know. Yeah. So how how far is is where you live at from like L.A. or any other big cities? About well, like two hours and a half from where from, from L.A. from L.A. and uh, and like three hours from San Francisco. So I'm like I'm kind of like in between. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's right, cool. right in well, Central California, right, right in the middle. So it's been real peaceful. It's been real peaceful there with with all of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, every every town, every place has its its violent stuff. But over here, I guess it's just it's it's not 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 a bigger metropolis. So there's not there's not much you can really do, you know. So every everyone's pretty mellow about it. You know, they're they're showing the respect. You know, um, there there was there was a uh, some. Uh, People trying to break into the—I don't know what it is with the targets, bro. People are just trying to break into the targets. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get it, but yeah, too. Um, some of the targets around this area were people were trying to break into, some people were trying to loot, but that—that that was already st- some of the biggest stuff. Well, there, there, there was an incident, incident where uh, someone did get, get run over for being in the street, but you know, mm-hmm. hey, you're you're in the middle of the road, you're, you're blocking traffic, and you're over here throwing trash cans and rocks at this person's car. What's the person gonna do? You know. Yeah, they're they're gonna get out of the way and try to save their life, you know. So I don't really blame that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you have somebody being dumb and trying to damage your stuff and trying to hurt you, and they're only just trying to try to save their life too. Yeah, no, I, yeah. shit got really crazy really fast, and it 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 really was one of those situations where it's like you don't even know what to make of it. You know, like there's not even time to to even process everything. Like over here in certain neighborhoods especially like latino neighborhoods the gangs came out and they were the ones protecting the the stores you know and they they so they didn't have a lot of looting in those neighborhoods and then in certain neighborhoods where kind of the the white people and all the kind of affluent people live at in the city those were kind of barricaded off like they shut that down no trains no buses no no traffic well, traffic was narrowed down to specific streets so that yeah. they can um, they could stop any large vans with a bunch of people in them. Yeah, and then 
the black neighborhoods that are on the south side and the west side were just kind of left to figure it out (laughs) yeah you guys could figure it out and it was a lot of chaos like where i live at i'm like right outside i'm like in the middle like north of us is like all where all the nice white people live west of us is where all the black folks live and like mexican folks and the neighborhood i live at is like all latino and white mixed um and i was listening to the radio scanners and it, it sounded like like it was the end of the world. It sounded crazy as hell, you know? Um, and it, it was surreal to listen to that because the cops were just, like, everywhere. Like, there was just places, everything being was being looted. Um, like, the ride, there was people rioting everywhere. There was protests, too, because there was peaceful protesters out there. Um, and the regular crimes, too, because... You know, that that stuff didn't stop either. There was, like, domestic violence calls and people getting shot everywhere and those cops crashing and needing to be, like, like um, like cut out of their cars and stuff. Oh, damn, they need the jaws of life. Yeah, dude, it was nuts, man. We're, we're actually going to have one of our buddies who's a paramedic um, for, for a special episode who, who was working that, that weekend and was out there, and he said that there was a couple occasions where he thought that it was it that said it was over and he's a paramedic um but that he thought that he thought shit shit was gonna happen you know um so it was really intense for a lot of people out there there was a shooting down the street from my apartment someone was trying to break into the bank and the gang bangers started shooting at them Um, neighborhood man you know i i not hear so much but i noticed i've seen some videos from you know Instagram, um, down down in East LA, there's there's a certain uh, there's a certain boulevard called uh, Weeder Boulevard, and uh, yeah, the the trolls are out there, and the gangs are out there, bro. But they're like not in this block, you know. They had that uh signs, you know, you're not looting this block, you're not looting my neighborhood, you know. So they were taking care of their own neighborhood. But I don't, I don't get why people loot and stuff. I know it gives them an excuse to get things that they don't have at a certain time. But why destroy your own neighborhood? Yeah, it doesn't mean no destroy your neighborhood and. You know, I, I, I don't get it, bro. People just need to get right and start acting right and realize, bro, if we come together as a people, you know, we, we know we'll longer be the minority, mm-hmm. black and brown, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to get stereotypical, but, you know, black and brown people, bro, and yellow, we're all minorities, bro, and if we all learn to come in together and you need harmony, none of this stuff will happen, man, you know what I mean? Take a stand. None of this will happen. Do we know where brown people die and black people dying? We'd be a strong people, man. Yeah. That's, we, we talked a lot about that uh, on our last episode. You know, one of our friends, he's an activist, and he's been out there trying to get that, that whole unity thing going, um, especially when everything started going down. He was out there documenting what was going on, and he was out there trying to get people, you know, talking in that with that mindset of, like, we need to come together and and do something about this together, you know. And it's uh, I, you know, I, I get I get both sides. Even if I don't agree with the side, I get it. You know, I know why people are angry, and I know that, you know, we 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 tell people to be peaceful and and you know what, trust trust the system again. Trust go vote, yeah. yeah, go vote, go vote, and you know, become involved. But a lot of people, one. I've never even been involved with that. They've never had an opportunity to even think about that when they were in, in these neighborhoods to, to be like, oh, let's let's vote. Let's organize something. Like, it's not even a concept to certain people. And 
and I think you know I think that I think that's some, one of those pr- privilege privilege. Yeah, hey, go vote. go vote, go vote, go vote. But no, I I think it's crazy because some people don't have that 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 ability. Like this is this the expression that they know best, right? Because this is they they feel like they're taking back or at least destroying. Like you guys don't give us nothing, so yeah, we're gonna get rid of all your shit. You can figure it out, and you're you're the system that's keeping us down. Like sure, and in the meantime, if I want to go grab you know some some nice home decor from Target, you know, I might as well <laughs> yeah, get some. Go do that, and I tell. So some people might like, oh, I don't, I don't like over here. Well, a lot of people don't, uh, they're not agreeing with, or at least in my town, they're not agreeing with the governor. There's people running around with stickers. Oh, my governor's an idiot, you know. Or president is hey, if you if you want to make a change, you know, you know the only way you're gonna get rid of this person, this person out of office, or bring this person is if he's trying to vote. You know what I mean? Your yeah. voice does have count in a, in a certain type of way. You know what I mean? Yeah, Thank no. You. <laughs> I, I I think people should definitely vote, but it's like we there there's just certain lifestyles and certain places where people don't even that's not even a concept for them, you know, like and and understanding how government works and all of that, like and and you know when 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 we want change, it's like voting for precedent and all of that is good, but you know local elections, right? Because we could we could elect our prosecutors, we could elect people that are directly affecting our 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 space that we actually live in the president he's doing stuff he's doing things that most of us probably aren't deeply affected by not as much as something like what prosecutors in the neighborhood like no yeah no we take need to take responsibility in voting those people in it'll change the local um policing system as we know it trump trump really has nothing to do with any of that he's he's on an executive level up the top like it's just not him but yeah so and, and one one of the things that i had uh that i had asked was um you know like i've seen you on your videos like kind of do like scripture and like verses and stuff and i had asked you if you'd be able to do that you know and you you mentioned that that you had something in mind so you know i wanted to hear it um before we we wrap up and everything you know yeah yeah, yeah. I, I said something for sure um so i believe as as a pe- we're all humans man you know we all have blood, bro. We all have the same body parts. You know, the only difference is is the color of skin. You know what I mean? That's yeah. it. You know, I, I I don't get the racism, bro. I don't get the hate, bro. No difference, bro. We we all came from the same creator. You know, same for the same purpose. But uh, uh let, let me read something that I, I was studying today. It comes from um, Galatians three twenty eight. It says, "There was no Jew, no Gentile, neither slave nor free. Nor is there no male or female." You're all one in Christ. We're all humans, bro. We're all the same. Be the same air. You know what I mean? Our, our bodies function the same. We're no different. The only difference is the color of our skin. You know what I mean? We may, be, we may speak different languages. We're all here for the same purpose. We're one. We're human beings, man. Why can't we live in peace and unity and, and just change our, our communities, bro, and change our, our country for the better, man? For sure, man. And, you know, we, we, we got to... We got our own kind of strange way of mantra. It's a mantra. <laughs> being being about that, you know. But we are we are about that, and it's, it's kind of like, especially lately, you know, it's been like kind of the conversation has been a lot about that, you know. Like, there's so many things that that keep people divided, and one of them is race, you know. And and whether whether you see us as as just kind of people floating 
through space and whatever or you know it's like you're if you're a believer it's like at the end of the day one or the other like you you know that we are we're just fucking people man we're people in different circumstances who have to deal with different things so we have a, our own version of what's going on but at the end of the day if people spend enough time with one another you know and and kind of understanding what's going on out there i think people will be a lot less um fucking assholes i guess yeah yeah that's good sometimes people are I, some people look at me and some, I'm not an actual maker, but uh, I know people that look real dangerous and it, some people would, would cross the street be walking down the street. But if you get to know me, bro, and you get to know people I know, there's a lot of good people out there with, with good hearts, bro, and good intentions, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah no, I've, I've grown up around a lot of different types of people, man. I've grown up around a lot of different types of people. I still work with a lot of different types of people. And, you know when people kind of are forced to to be around each other and kind of start that dialogue a lot of the time all those barriers kind of start breaking down you know like i i've worked at shelters and i've seen people come together that i would never have imagined would get along and conversate and you know people that have a common struggle they that when, when someone has a common struggle it brings people together you know I think that if people are really talking about wanting change and wanting wanting what they what they're saying is is justice and all of that, I, I feel that we need to do that together if it's going to happen at all, and not just brown and black, fucking white too, brown, black, and white. Like everyone needs to just kind of drop that whole idea of like you're African American, you're Hispanic American, whatever it is. Like just be Americans, just be Americans, yeah. That'd be nice. Like, yeah, I don't get it, and. So uh, I seen videos where well, you speak speak American or you know hey, a lot of this country bro was was founded on Native Americans was founded on Mexicans you know this country was Mexico once you know what I mean yeah yeah people, people don't see that bro people don't see it yeah for sure man and it's I mean well in some places it's still Mexico right here where where yeah. I'm at <laughs> right here where we're at the, so consider it Mexico right here yeah we're where I live at is Pilsen, Chicago. Now that's being kind of gentrified. But we also have in Chicago Little Village. And I don't know that Little Village is going to get gentrified. Uh, you know, eventually. eventually. But all those neighborhoods go through a change period. I mean, the neighborhood that this guy lives in used to be a Czechoslovakian fucking uh, neighborhood. Yeah, where I live a at. German one at one point. Where I live at, it used to be uh, Germans and stuff. And then they got, I don't know what, they, they left. White flat. <laughs> Yeah, they left to the suburbs, and then the Mexican folk came, and then they were there till about the early two thousands, and now it's kind of mixed. Um, yeah, they they all follow each other, man, and it comes full circle. Yeah, yeah. But hey, man, so I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I I really like I tell I tell everybody that comes on, man. Uh, I want to be having people come on with different perspectives and just kind of different expertise and just just ways of looking at things whether we agree with it or not like it's important you know and like i told you what I, what i what you do is important and uh you know we want to have people that we could kind of hit up from time to time and they could come on and give you give us their opinion and how they're seeing things right now so you know we'll reach we'll reach back out to you and see see how you're doing and see if you come on talk to us man because like i said i think that what you're doing is pretty cool bro for sure. Anything I can do to help out, man. Anything I do, 
For sure. It gets him in the voice. To listen, I'm all up for it. For sure. And that's uh, from the Dust Podcast. Check him out. He's on Facebook. Where else are you on? Um, Instagram. You can uh, put in this podcast or you can uh, check out my Instagram, which is the same, but JB Bass Plane, you know, JB underscore B, Bass Plane. Check me out, you know, uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, all, all the good stuff. For sure, man. Thanks for coming on, bro. We'll talk to you. Peace, you have a best day. Peace. I am stepping up on his blemish and devour the nemesis. Never will the devil be victorious or ahead of this. I'm ahead of it, get it. I'm manifesting possessed, though. I'm willing to be a vessel and my bars be edible. So incredible, God is able to conquer false idols. It's vital you read the Bible. King undeniable. He takes drug fiends out the pit of hell. Looking to score a bigger fix than the judge who took Manny's belt. He redeems well if you calling out for help. My flow is pretty skit, so it speaks to myself. I elevated and all of a sudden hated. I made it. I'm on fire like my body's been crazy. Hey, Fire Chief Stan, how are you? What's going on, young man? I'm great, and yourself? I'm doing good. Um, so I, I, I haven't even met you. I met Mo. That's what he told me his name was. He's very, he's he's very elusive. Uh, he, he was my Uber driver and, um, I was chilling. I was waiting. It was, this was like that weekend. I want to say it was the weekend of the riots or the Monday after that weekend. I ordered an Uber. It was like, like $20, like twice as much as it normally was. And the first Uber canceled on me. And then I got a second one and it was Mo. And I spent the whole time looking at my phone, like the whole 20 minutes, like, oh, shit, I hope he doesn't cancel on me because I was stuck out in the north side. I had to get to Pilsen to the lower west side and the trains weren't going. The buses weren't going. And he showed up and he told me the same thing. He's like, yeah, man, I saw you. You were my second cancellation. Uh, and I was watching my phone the whole time, hoping you wouldn't cancel. I was like, dude, I was stuck out here. So, I'm, you know, it was a blessing that he came through. Um, and I told him about, you know, I have a podcast because he was going, he was dropping some, some knowledge on me. And I was like, oh shit, like this guy, <laughs> this guy's on point. So I'm like, look, I have a podcast and, um, uh, it'd be a pleasure to have you on. So what I, when I hit him up a couple of days ago, so he could come on with us, he didn't even, I, I got on the phone with him. He was like, hello, told him, told him, you know, I was reminding him who I was. I told him that I was looking for people to talk about, uh, to talk to about everything that's been going on. And he instantly was like, nah, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got somebody for you. I got somebody for you. He didn't even let me say nothing. He just put me on hold and boom, he had you on the other line. Nice. <laughs> and, um, so how, how do you know him? Uh, more and I go back with fraternity brothers. Okay. And, uh, we also, we worked out the gym. That's we met at the gym. And after we started talking, we realized we were fraternity brothers and just good people. I, up, I used to work with his wife at one point mm -hmm. down at Neiman Marcus. And after we had dinner together, our families, we just hit it off. And we've been friends for the lads like 14 years. That's cool. Um, yeah, no, that's that's he's he's a cool guy. As soon as we started talking, I was like, oh, shit, like there's someone who 
who I'd like to talk to just personally, but who who I would love to get on the podcast because he he just had a a good perspective about things and yeah, when I got on the phone with him, he didn't even he he started just dropping names on me about people that he's going to try to connect me with and all of this and I I, I just very, wanted to talk good. Yeah, I just wanted to talk to him and he was just like, "You know what? I I'm, I'm going to help you out with this." So I was like, "Oh shit. Thank you." <laughs> yeah, he has a lot of uh He's a very humble guy. He's a, he has a, a lot of degrees. You know, tell everybody he's a professor. Uh, he has a doctorate in psychology. He, uh, he's a, he taught at University of Chicago. He taught at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Um, did, uh, he was, and I think he's currently at DePaul yeah. teaching. And uh, like I said, a brother with a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom. And um, once we started talking and connected it just it just ran and we've been buddies ever since that's like I said, we found out we're fraternity brothers and that just it and then you know i believe in god and where we come from and how we grew up um we got deep and we've been that way ever since that's cool um so yeah i mean you know when when i was talking to you earlier um i was curious because you know right away he was the fire chief the fire chief and i'm like what like that that's above my rank. Like, what's so you've been doing this for a long time? You told me earlier how long you've been doing this. Uh, twenty-five years. Twenty-five years, and you've done it all over the world, no? Well, uh, I've been currently here in Illinois for twenty-five years. I worked nationwide, or we call work uh, training facility for traveling firefighters for the last fifteen years. Mm. And I've been working up in Indiana area for the last eight. And how how do you get, I mean, how do you get to that level of uh, being, like, how do you get to be a fire chief? Like, what, how long does that take? What kind of work have you been, have you been uh, doing? With, here is just a testing process. You test, they, their testing is random, but if you hit it, it's called a test curve. If you hit the test curve just right and you score well and you make rank, it, the structure of pr- promotions has changed dramatically over the last, I would say, 10 years with uh, racial in- intervention. Mm-hmm. It used to be you tested, you scored well, you got promoted, then you could test again for the next rank and you got promoted. Now they put restrictions on it, which I think are right about you have to be in a certain rank for X amount of years before you can get promoted to the next rank, which is smart. Yeah. But they did that for reasons. Um, but I hit the testing, the promotional rank just in time. I hit it right on time. And um, that's how I kept, kept getting promoted. So what what have been the primary reasons for those changes in, in the ranking system? Um in my opinion, the reasons for changes is more African American Latinos start getting start scoring well, and the class of 1980 were majority African American and Latinos and women, mm-hmm. and that group started to get up in rank and at a point where they start getting promoted. So to change the change the process of promotional uh, things they stopped putting restrictions on it because those individuals were leaving as well. They had 30, 33 years on it, 34 years. And if you're a captain or let's say you're a lieutenant and you have to wait two and a half years 
to get promoted to captain, you got 32 years on and you're 55. Mm. Why wait another two and a half years when I can be 56, 55, 56 and leave with a full pension? Mm. And that's what they start doing. So what are your, your responsibilities like day to day as a fire chief? Um, you, you are, a, you are a manager, you're a manager of mm -hmm. five firehouses, of uh, minimum about 30 personnel. Your job is to see the safety of the members to and from locations, going to fires, coming back. You are an administrator. You do a lot of paperwork. You do a lot of babysitting. And you make sure people get home safely to their loved ones. Okay. Well, that's, a lot, that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, so you're, you yeah, are indeed the chief. Um, yeah, that's, that's just one level. There are four other levels above mine that I'm trying to reach for. Okay. And do, how, what's, what's the timeline on that? How do you see that? Well, that, that can be any, depending on who's the commissioner, the fire commissioner and the mayor, how they promote anything above my level is appointed. It's who, who you know, how well they like you. It's not if you're qualified, even <laughs> though that helps. It's about who you know at this point. That's all cool. appointees. And once you get promoted above my level, you're out of the union. You're at, uh, you're at will of the mayor. That's mm. who you work for. And what's, I mean, how do you, how do you ingratiate yourself to people to, to be able to move around at that level? Well, again, it's, it's who you know, but once you get to that level, it's, they ha you have operational movement. Mm -hmm. You learn a lot. You get, you get your name out there. You get an opportunity to get other positions within the country. Once you have the title of fire chief in Chicago, most cities, small cities, suburban nights, they're looking for you to come out there and work for them because the things we do on our level at a regular chief, they're doing on a fire commissioner level. Okay. I mean, you guys look, look at it this way. We run, we have 125 stations. We have an average of uh, 3,500 3, 3, firefighter personnel that's operational. You know, most cities don't have half of that. Yeah. So that's why they're looking at those levels. Any fire chief in, you know, state of Illinois is usually highly recommended. Yeah, I mean, so so basically, if you could run something in Chicago, you could run. You could run all right. You could <laughs> run Phoenix, like for instance, City of Phoenix in Illinois, Midlothian, uh, Dalton, Evergreen, Richmond. Those those cities actually have Chicago fire chiefs or fire captains running their department as their chiefs. Yeah. So is is there like a like a pay in I mean is there financial incentive to go out and take one of these positions out outside of the city? Uh, oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. You go somewhere like um Midlothian. You out there as a fire chief here, yeah, they only pay maybe like 60 65,000. Hmm. But you look at the town and you don't have to live there. You work 4 years, you get a pension. Mm. And you get the title fire chief. That means you are in charge of the department. That puts you on another plateau worldwide. Mm. It just it gives you a different title. It's like you're going from an MBA or you get a doctorate. And well, you get a master's degree and you get an MBA and you get a doctorate. Right. And that's what it is. So you might have a, a master's degree in Chicago, but an MBA in another city because of your master's degree of Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. That's pretty badass, actually. 
Um, and it makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah, because I know, I know, on some level, the police is is that way too. Where if you've, you know, if you've worked in certain cities or certain areas, kind of your experience is a little more highly valued in places that are that don't require the same criteria. You know, so I'm I'm actually curious about the really now the the timeline now, right? Like from COVID to now, like how how did COVID affect operations every day? with the things that you do? Oh, wow. Um, every day. Like, as far as operations in the city, it was a, a mass panic. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because we, we've we been dealing with COVID since December okay. of last year. And we've been taking precautions dealing with that since December. And we've had patients and so on and so forth. And we've had members have contacted with COVID since then as well. So we've been aware of it and there was no policies in place for CDC. So you got a member that's asystematic and he or she comes to work and, and is able to work because they're not showing any signs. Mm. So, you know, you have members saying, uh, you know what, now we're not going to work with you or we can't work with an individual, but there's nothing we could do about it. And then once it was, not with just with that, but with patients as well. How we handle patients changed. You know, we've had patients that were positive, and our protocol became we basically put them in a body bag. Okay. You know, so can you imagine if it was someone in your family? We come to the to your house to get, let's say, your your cousin, daughter, sister, mother, or even yourself, and you're breathing, but we know you're a positive patient. You know, our protocol was basically put you on a ventilator and put you in a body bag. Mm. And, you know, how mentally stressful is that once you feel like you feel yourself being put in a cocoon type of thing? Yeah, I've I've been kind of reading and seeing a a lot of the people who first had it and who who experienced it, period. Some of the the crazy circumstances that they had to deal with. Especially so, so December, I mean, that, that's, uh, did you guys know that this is what it was, that it was the, the, you know, the Chinese we, virus we that was going name. around? We know it was a virus. We didn't have a name for it. Like there was a, another disease going around called crocodile. Cry- and it, it ate this human flesh eating disease, Damn. but you know, CDC then throw it out there, but it was, it was rapid in uh, African-American Latino neighborhoods. And so I've heard of Crocodile. What was that related to? Well, it was related to bad drugs. It was related to experimental drugs. That's what I'd heard. Uh, That's what it was. Now, people thought they was getting cocaine or heroin, and they was giving them Crocodile. People that was on meth, they were, you know, snorting it and smoking it, and it was eating them inside out. What, so was but, but, so was that something that they suddenly started using in 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 like in drugs like that like just kind of like fentanyl how fent, fentanyl how fentanyl fentanyl how it's being yeah, it used was, for it, it, go ahead it was just a way they it was a way they were cutting their drugs to right. make more mm-hmm. that's what they were doing instead of using rat poison that was killing people at one point you know they were you know if you remember back last summer. And over the summers, they had uh, a bad batch of heroin that was going around that was killing everybody. It was cutting it with rat poison. 
yeah i i remember um so yeah i me me and uh did i even introduce my my because i'm here with my co-host van rollington i'm just silently sitting you told me about him (laughs) he's here he's here too i'm enjoying listening to the crocodile talk um me and him work at shelters and uh so when things like this start happening you know you kind of get wind of it and i i remember hearing about the bad batches of heroin yeah um and i remember seeing online the the whole crocodile thing but it it seemed kind of surreal and it was like one of those like i saw it in passing somewhere and i didn't i was never like sure if it was true or not so it's actually kind of crazy that you're mentioning that as having been like a big thing oh yeah it was true and it was basically being discovered in what we call the backpack crew you heard of that um uh the the backpack crew was the young white hippies that came from the suburbs mm. that had dogs and bikes that lived under on, alongside of the, the expressway yeah the, with the giant or, military or, bags right or or they would find, find a burned out house and they would stay there squat but again, they came with a dog and backpacks. That's how they came over. Yeah, first way off the train. Yeah, and that's how they came. So that's what we call them—the backpack crew. Yeah, I know the ones that they're—they're they're like crazed, druggy, violent hippies. <laughs> they can be noticeable yep. with their dreads, with their white. Yeah, uh, the white boy dreads. Dreads. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. correct. That is correct. Yeah. Um. So. So I mean that how, how is that now like in terms of precautions and and things like that like how is that still affecting you guys the covid situation well what we what covid did was make us started start doing what we were supposed to do anyway we have precautions that we are supposed to take abc's regardless mm-hmm. so but what covid did was make us start doing it more steadily Right. And not just to our patients and to the public, but to ourselves. Yeah. You know, we start policing ourselves. We start looking out for each other a little bit more. You know, instead of two or three people going in to see a patient, you have one. Right. It's like, okay, I don't need everybody here. All right, I got one person. That's all I need. If we need somebody to lift more, we do it. It caused us to start doing it. It also caused us to... Um, unfortunately we had to watch people die mm. because where we was at one point able to do CPR and do different things for life-saving, you know, measures, we were restricted from doing that with the fact that we couldn't expose everybody to the possible you know, COVID-19. Yeah. Has it has it remained? Is it still something that's being treated as like a super high risk and and dangerous, or has some of it kind of calmed down? No, until until we get a vaccine, every car we go on is potential COVID nineteen. That's what we treat every call as a possible COVID nineteen call. And you don't you don't see Stand that down on the street. You don't see that nope, budging until we have a vaccine. Nope, it's just precaution. This is like again, this is something we were supposed to be doing anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as precautions that we take when we go respond to different locations, but yeah. like anything else, we get lax days ago. We take yeah. things for granted. This just made us uh, open our eyes and say, "You can't take this for granted." Are you worried? No, no. I as long as you do what you're supposed to do, 
you're fine. And then with us, we get tested every fourth day. We I haven't oh, been tested six yeah. times this year. So so the, what you get the no the no swab? Yeah, we get the oh, no swab. That's terrible. I've done it once. And if oh yeah, and if you are positive, you're off work for a minimum of fourteen days. Yeah. Yeah, and you ha and you have to go again and get tested. You have to be negative before you even come back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how they've handled it at my job. Um, and then it being, yeah, you know, I work at a shelter, and it being a high risk population, they've taken certain measures. Oh, without a doubt. Which, which shelter you work at? Um, well, can we name it? No, yeah, I think we, we don't. Name it. <laughs> we, we don't. We don't okay. name that. It's a prominent north side shelter. Yeah, it's a shelter oh, in the north side. Oh, you guys are on the north side. Yeah. The reason I ask because we respond to, well, I've been in companies where I respond to Pacific Gardens and I respond to the shelter that was on California and Adams. And then the other one is on California and Harrison. Oh, yeah. We used to actually oh, work for we, that one. We, yeah. So we yeah. worked, um, we both worked there for Harrison. Um, and uh, okay. yeah, I, I would imagine that between. Pacific Garden PGM, as they call it, and and the other shelter. Uh, you stay busy, and you see a lot. How, so, how have those? How have places like that been doing during this whole situation? Well, it's actually been pretty bad because um, we respond there. Eighty percent of the people respond to there are positive, if not more. Eighty. They. Yeah, they either mm -hmm. positive, they, they either asymptomatic or just full-blown covert. And the problem is they are scared to go to the hospital, yeah. they don't have health insurance, or they don't want to miss out of losing their bed because if they're positive, they can't come back there. Yeah. So they, they, they don't want to tell someone they're positive and lose out on the spot to sleep. Yeah, that's so. By the time so by the time we get them, they are in full COVID nineteen mode, respiratory distress, you no know, loss of taste, uh, can't breathe. They are in full mode. Would you say that so, those have been the places that have been affected the most in the city? Kind of shelters and places like that. Um. Yeah, for the most part, that's mm -hmm. what it's been. That is what it's been for the most part. I mean, we've had other people, but yeah, that's if I had to, that was a hundred patients, I would say sixty of them come from there. Wow, damn, yeah, and and so now, what are you worried about a second wave and kind of the reopening oh, and? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, because there's no vaccine. We don't have a vaccine for it, and then you have the flu. The flu season is coming up, right? And the COVID-19 resembles the signs of pneumonia as well as flu-like symptoms. It started out as flu-like symptoms, then it turned into pneumonia type of symptoms. So it's right. a little bit of both. And there's a lot of unknowns dealing with the, the sickness itself. So we don't know. The medical field don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried, dude. I'm worried because I, I'm looking around the neighborhood where I'm at and everybody's out like there was nothing going on. <laughs> Scary cat. <laughs> nah, look, um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know that I do too good if I got COVID. You know, you think you probably die? I don't know, I don't know that I die, but you know, I'd probably get fucked up. <laughs> no. I mean, the thing is, 
the COVID-19, a lot, if you don't have a lot of underlying health conditions, a lot of it is you're going to get sick. Yeah. A lot of people have had it and they went through the system. Some people have had worse case than others. I know a fireman that went, he had it and he was just headaches, fever, then he was fine. Then there were other people that had it that, you know, was horrified to have the visions, the nightmares, the hallucinations, Mm. the trouble walking and breathing. Then, of course, there are people who die. I mean, one of my good friends died. One of the the firemen who died, too. I mean, great, my buddies. Wow. You know, and uh, I was talking to his wife Sunday before he died, and then he died that Sunday, and it was like, wow, you know? And that's that's what I, I mean, that's what I keep hearing that it happens fast. Like, like it, like one one day the person has like a kind of like a regular seeming fever, and then overnight they're like dying. Um, yeah, and that's kind of the, one of yeah, the freaky people, parts about it <laughs> to me. Yeah, some people say it's like cancer. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people live with cancer until they know they have cancer. Yeah, and it's like a psychological thing go off in their head once they true. find out. And it's like, oh, wow, the body shuts down. Yeah. That's why I'm afraid of going to doctors. <laughs> I haven't gone to the doctor in like 20 years. Yeah, this guy. My, <laughs> my, my co-host hasn't been to a doctor in 20 years. I live in ignorance. You gotta, gotta go. You gotta go to doctor, man. No, well, it's better to know and get a cure. You hear, you hear so much. You hear that story so much. That it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I didn't go to the doctor for 10 years and I was fine. Then I went to the doctor and I had cancer and I died like a year later. It's like what? Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it seems that like true. it seems like that's just a thing. So I'm like, man, I, you know, it's it's a worrisome thing. Um, but so so now, you know, we if it feels like like as soon as I mean, this is the way it felt like to me. Like as soon as we got some relief from the COVID, um this situation with uh, George Floyd happened. And uh, I know you have special perspective on this situation. And I know that that was one of the things that, that we wanted to get into. Um, so, I mean, personally and professionally too, uh, how has that been for you? Uh, personally, it's, you know, it's, it's a sad thing to see. And, you know, we've been seeing it throughout the last, 50 years, you know, it's been happening where, you know, uh, police have been killing not just African-Americans, Latinos, anybody that didn't look like them. They killed them and got away with it. And they lied and said, you know, something happened that forced them to do X, Y, and Z. So that was a problem with me. Um, personally, because I am in an interracial relation, you no know, marriage, that, that's a twofold. You know, mm. I look at my wife and we talk and I got to look at my kids. I have five daughters, not interracial kids, then explain to them the situation and, and why things are going on. Um, you have your your radical African-Americans. You have your 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 whites that claim to be radical. You have, you know, people on all sides. Um I'm sorry it happened, you know, and I'm I'm hoping it, that we get it fixed worldwide. But I know it's going to continue to happen until it's ratified that everybody's treated equal, no matter what color skin you are. As uh, far as the looting part of it, <clears throat> I believe the looting 
was an act of uh, millennials being millennials <laughs> and radicals taking opportunity to do the things that they were going to do. Yeah. That, you know, you, you, I, that's what I see it. You know, you got, I mean, remember this way. When the Bulls won a championship the first time, they looted. Yeah. yeah. They celebrated. So, and so this, this was, uh, even though the cause, the cause itself was about, you know, um, racial in, in, inequality and what goes on, even after all that, I mean, there was still a lot of racial division. I'll give you a great example. The police in it that killed Floyd, it took the first officer, Chavez, seven days before he was locked up and indicted. It's the other guys, it was 10 days in, and they wasn't indicted yet or charges even brought against them. Mm. Six black police in Atlanta pulled two black kids out of a car on Monday, Monday night. They was indicted Tuesday. They was charged Wednesday, and they were supposed to turn themselves in by Friday. Mm. Those white guys did not get indicted and charged until those black officers were convicted. That's so, interesting. again, the system, yeah. racial division. So, you know, so... so what what's been your experience with dealing with the police and and in addition to that I, I had a question regarding how your experience was coming out of those circumstances and getting to the point where you're at now professionally uh as far as me dealing with police i've had one well as a child as growing up i grew up in the, in the holy city in the west side of chicago so Okay. I never had a good dealings with police growing up, but I have a twofold cause see, I was a cop. Mm. I was police in the military. I was a paratrooper. I came home. I became a state police officer and then I became a firefighter. Mm. So I, I've kind of been on both sides of the coin yeah. and you have good and bad and everything. Uh, I have a, I have a daughter now who's a state police officer. Mm. I have great friends that are Chicago officers as well. I was saying, so you have good apples and, and bad apples in every bunch that you buy. Yeah. And you no, know, my best, one of my best friends across the street is a sergeant for the Chicago police department. And he's appalled by some of the stuff that he sees, yeah. but there's only so much he could do. His voice only goes so far. So do you, is it? Cause I, I got, I got to be, I got a bunch of questions yeah. to be honest, you know, Go ahead. Let's um, go, man. now, the West Side. How uh-huh. did you manage to not fall into the trappings of that environment? Well, a couple of things. One, I I'm a church and God fearing man, and God had a different plan for me. That's the the first and foremost answer. The second answer. You remember back in the seventies, I played basketball seventies and eighties, and I was an athlete. So you know the gangs didn't bother the athletes back then. Okay. The kids that they saw or thought had some potential they didn't bother us i never smoked never got high in new drugs i didn't hang with the gangbangers and i just played ball and i want to do get the grades i saw the drugs i mean i saw them because they were in my house hmm. my dad my mom my brothers they were all strung out my uncles aunts they didn't do nothing but get high smoke dope so dope i mean that's what they did back in the 70s yeah I didn't want to be a part of that. 
I saw how people look when they nodded off after from volumes and blues and syrup. You know, yeah. I I grew up in the the Black Panthers where my dad was part of that, where my dad was the king of the vice lords. You know, my uncle was the don of the GDs. So I I saw it, and I didn't want no part of it. So that's how I escaped it. So you, I mean, you you made you saw you saw both sides, and you kind of made that choice. Um, Correct. Do you feel apart from from your faith? What else do you feel helped you kind of see the, you know, like the light, the path, like kind of stay away from that? Well, I didn't want to be like everybody else. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't want to be like my dad that had to look over his shoulder. I don't want to be like my brother that would nod off the winging of grades at school. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to be a statistic. You know, I don't want to be the typical African American boy when they see you go, oh, he ain't gonna be nothing because he's from the hood. He ain't gonna make none of himself because of who his parents were or wasn't. And, and you know, I, I that was me. Did so, you know, especially when when you were a police officer. Um, did you ever feel? I mean, you must have felt like you kind of were torn between two different worlds or well no no because see i i, I was in the air force for seven years i was a it's like a paratrooper okay. so i dealt with pow's i dealt with three wars i fought three wars i came home i was just trying to support a family i was married with four girls at, at the time i was just trying to find a job to support my wife and kids yeah and coming out the military with honorable discharge and a degree i became a state trooper Yeah, it was a great profession, but I had a cousin who was a Chicago fireman, and I was working five, six days a week before I got a break. He was working two days a week, <laughs> and this check was bigger than mine. Yeah, yeah. so you, had to, like, you made a career I, move. Oh, big time! <laughs> <laughs> big time. That's what's up. I mean, you know, and go go ahead, and, go ahead. And, and I, And actually, there's a difference between the state and the city. Right. The state is more respected than Chicago PD. Makes sense. I mean, even to even to this day, you tell someone you're Chicago cop, they go, ah, okay, all right. You tell someone you're state police officer yeah. or state trooper, it's a different level of respect, even from the, the people on the street. And I, I found that out, you know, you, you hear it and, you know, we joke and tease, you know, the state, the county and the city, you know, they, they call Chicago the state of Chicago yeah. until you get in the suburbs and then it's a whole different world. But when the state police come in, it's a whole different authority, right? There's a whole different mindset, how we look, how everybody look at it. Cause it's like, look, the state, we come, they came in, it was like, all right, we come in, we kicking ass. Like Chicago PD, yeah, okay, but the yeah. they they kicking ass. Ain't, I, ain't, I ain't no it. question. Yeah. I know that and that's the way it was. If I'm riding around, I know that I'd be more concerned having a state trooper behind me uh, than a, yeah. <laughs> than the, than any cop anywhere else. Um, so do you miss? I mean, did did you do you miss being kind of like on the law enforcement end of things, or were you glad when you kind of saw the exit? Um. A little, at first I did, but then you remember when they were shooting cops and killing them? Yeah. Back in back in uh, 
Eighty nine, oh. well, ninety three, ninety seven. Oh, no. <laughs> no, not that far. Yeah, no, not that far. Oh, no. oh, oh. well, they, they no after they start killing cops. No, I didn't miss it at all. All right, so no, no. so I'm I I guess you I'm I'm a millennial myself. I'm thirty years old. Okay, so okay that yeah you mind I got a daughter. Yeah, so what? What was going on back then that this was happening? Was it kind of the same things that we're seeing oh, now? Oh, well, police was being targeted, and that's that's what's about to happen now. Yeah. Back then, they were they were ambushing cops. Mm. You, you know, they were gangs were doing things to get cops to come around. They were shooting cops. They were shooting at cops. It was shootouts. It wasn't no cops just going to break your door down? You came in. They were ambushing them. Huh. You know, state police officers was getting shot and killed on the highway. People stopping, you, you know, you stopping for traffic tickets. You got to walk up to the car. They start pulling guns out, shooting it. All this was happening in the nineties, the early nineties. Yeah, yeah, and so, it's, it's no. How 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 is that to see these things happening all over again? Like how how do you how does that make you feel? And 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 what do you think some of this is going to lead to? Well, I. Unfortunately, on the bad side, is needed. It's like this. I, I say there are good cops, there are okay cops, and there are bad cops. And fortunately, we need them all. We need the good cops. To, we need the good, great police, without a question. We need the great police to serve this community, obey the, law, obey the laws, and do all that, and make sure everybody abides. And now, we need them bad police that go after them individuals that kill their kids, kill their wives, you know, cut people's heads off, do stuff for nothing, just, you know, rape babies. Hmm. We need them bad cops to kick their ass too. Hmm. And then we need them cops to police the bad cops. You know, don't go out there and kill no one, but in the same token, you know, don't break no laws, you know, catching people, but the people that get caught that are guilty, they need their ass whooped. I mean, you get someone that's a cold-blooded killer, he or she, and they get three meals in a cot, a free district attorney, and they could be in 26th Street for 10, 12 years. Then you got people out here who are homeless, struggling just to make ends meet, mm. can't feed their kids, the kids can't eat, but their tax dollars paying for that person in jail who just murdered them three, four babies cold. Right. And how fair is that? Right. That's, that's an interesting perspective to have on it because, you know, like, I guess, you know, from, from an out like a pedestrian point of view, it's like you watch movies and shows, you watch documentaries and you hear about some of the things that the dirty cops <laughs> do And you're like, yeah, when you have the restrictions of the law, you can't do some of these things. And that's regarding, yeah, some of those those types of crimes that that people sometimes get away with or, or do and commit that there's people that are shielded by the law. And I guess, you know, the law is the law, and that's, that's a good thing. But, I mean, there's been stories of cops kind of going outside of those parameters to, to do the right thing. And it's, it's an interesting thing that you, that you bring up and you see it that way. From, I mean, have you been keeping up with some of the, 
I guess, movements now to defund the police and some of those conversations that people oh, yeah, are having. Yeah, yeah. My wife, my wife and I was talking about that this morning. Um, she, we went on. Well, she went on a protest today with my daughter, a preschool protest up north, mm. and she asked me my my opinion about defunding the police, and I said no. I don't think the police need to be defunded. I think some of the funds need to be allocated elsewhere, like the education and to housing and to helping the homeless. But, uh, but you know, how about this? You take, there's how many thousands of police officers, for instance, and then you decrease the force by, let's say, a third. We're going to go just a third. And then your house get broken into. Or your mother, cousin, sister, wife gets robbed on the street. And the police is not there to protect them mm. because there's not enough out there. Right. Then people are going to start complaining. Why <laughs> Why wasn't the cops there? Yeah. Why Why didn't they show up? Like, for instance, they, uh, you, if you remember several weeks ago, they moved the cops from the north side to the west side and south side to deal with some of the looting and stuff, or not the looting, the, the crime that was going on before the COVID-19 really kicked in real good. Mm. They they put task force together and they swarmed the west side and south side with cops because they were getting all them killings and shootings over there after Memorial Day. Remember, there was, there was yeah. 80, 82 shootings Memorial Day and, and 42 murders. Mm. And most of them was on the west side and south side. Now, and people on the north side start complaining that there was no cops on the north side. Look, there wasn't enough officers up north. When uh, when all this started happening with the riots, I I uh, downloaded an app on my phone so I could listen to the police scanners. And uh, the the difference between where I'm at, I live in Pilsen, lower lower west side, uh, it's like District Twelve, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. The activity that was going on there compared to the activity that was going on by Lincoln Park and places like that up north was was wildly different. And places up north got hit up. Uh a lot of uh, a lot of Walgreens and pharmacies got hit oh. up north. Yeah. Wal Walgreens liquor stores and uh sports sporting goods stores. But over here, kinda a little more south and west, it was it sounded like the end of the world was was happening over the the scanners. Oh, it was tearing you guys off. Mm-hmm. It, it it was like Beirut, some out of a war movie over over those places. Yeah, and it was surreal because it was just call after call after call. I mean, we were just talking about mm-hmm. this earlier with with our our previous guest, um, so I don't want to go over it again. But like, it it was surreal, um, and how. So my my paramedic friend told me that it was like a new record for like structure fires or something like that. It was ridiculous. It was a fire. Let me show you, tell you how bad it was. Imagine on your block you got on both sides of the street you got parking, right? Hmm. Well, so let's say from one end of the block to the other you have the street is full. You have let's say eighty cars on the street. Hmm. Imagine every other car cop car window being busted out and a motel cocktail being thrown in the car. Is that what that's was... what was happening? That's what was happening downtown and on the west side. And then after they looted, now I'm gonna tell you about the looting too. I'm I'm gonna give you my personal opinion. Yeah. Some some of it was set. Some some of it was arson. Yeah. 
I mean, there, there it was a lot of looting, but there were some shop owners and store owners that took the, the majority of their product and had took it out the store, had taken it out the store, and they had them bust their windows and loot and set their place on fire. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. I mean, your business is failing at this point because of the COVID. Yeah. Might, might as well cash in on the insurance. Right. Exactly. You're already out of business because of COVID-19. What better opportunity there was to have your place looted? And you, you got insurance, too? You got a full cover insurance. There's no way people looting going to go to a sub-basement and set fire. <laughs> Maybe most, they should most people don't even know most people don't even know sub-basement exists in buildings and properties right. but you you got sub-basement and basements catching on fire who knows people got stuff in the basement what looter is going to take the time to bust a window, risk being caught by the police, go to a basement to get stuff uh, that seems so obvious now that you're saying it but I hadn't even thought about that like wow they pulled the uh, Silverstein move. You know, you bump up the insurance right before the towers go down type of thing. <laughs> I mean, like, that's... but And, and, and that, it stands to reason that that's common. I mean, I know that businesses, when when the city's not burning down, do that, you know, to, to their own places. So that's that's an interesting um, an interesting thing. And so how, how was all of that dealt with? Like, I mean, did we have what we needed to, to deal with that? What did... I noticed that yeah. when I was listening to the police scanners, there was a lot of calls that they weren't being ignored, but they couldn't get to them. We couldn't get to all of them. You know what? That that was a prime example, in my opinion, of the citizens outweigh the, the police department. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you think about it. There were at least 20 to 30 looters per officer out there. You remember that, that, that looting that happened on 53rd and Wentworth, right down the street from the police station off the expressway? The yeah. demo? They they showed that on a chopper. And they had so many looters that the expressways and everything was stopped. They had organizers so where the police couldn't get through if they wanted to. Mm. They blocked every entrance to that mall, every street. The only way to get in was the way they got out. And how... So, Go ahead. It, it, it was organized. It was some of it was organized, some of it was just opportunist. But the way we dealt in the city, you know, as far as the fires, we we rehired guys and girls uh, to shift before. We have a protocol where we had extra, I want to say, t- ten engines and ten ambulance and five trucks put in service. So that's an extra hundred people per day that we that they rehired yeah. to uh staff these task force engines and trucks and ammos and we dealt with it you know we responded to the calls just like normal there's there was not one house fire that happened that nobody that we didn't respond to yeah. we had you no know, units designed strictly for the riders downtown west side and south side and, strictly for them and how what what, what would that entail it entails engines and trucks that was designed strictly f- to respond to locations in Pacific areas for fires. Okay. Downtown, you had an additional five engines, four trucks. Uh, south side, you have three engines, two trucks. And on the west side, you had three engines and tr- two trucks, addition to what we already ha- have. And you had 
10 ambulances strategically stationed around the city for that same thing. So Now, what the city didn't count on was when they locked down Chinatown to the Gold Coast and from Halstead to the lakefront, they didn't count on them people organizing themselves like they did and hitting the rest of the city you know, simultaneously because that was strategically set up the way they did it. And that, and that's you what know, I was going to ask you. Where do you think some of these um, efforts in terms of organizing, you know, what, what oh, are pretty well, much like attacks <laughs> are well, coming I, from? Well, you know what? I, I, I can give you a story. I, I worked – I worked Saturday. We fought fires all night Saturday, that Saturday. Mm. And I got off work that Sunday morning. I got off at 6 o'clock. I went to the gas station on Western and um, Western and Washington. I was in the gas station at 6.15. There were cars gassing up already in the gas station. Young African-American men and white guys. They had their license plates. It was already covered up, um, and they were getting ready to go do whatever they were going to do. Okay. So they were already getting themselves together. Yeah, and that's that's what I've been seeing. Um, people showing up in in like uh, SUVs, like six, seven, eight deep, rolling up on the store, mm-hmm. looting, hitting it up, and then going. And uh, a lot of these people have been reported to be like just going from place to place to place to place. Uh, And that's just the looting. I mean, that's not like the arson and the setting things on fire and all of that. It's just kind of the opportunistic thing. But just the idea that certain places will be blocked off so the police couldn't respond, it just seems kind of uh, interesting, you know. And it it just makes me wonder whether that's just a a bunch of uh, individuals just kind of taking that upon themselves or if it's like something organized um it probably was a little bit of both you probably had an organizing group that started it and you had a lot of opportunities you know people are you know remember you remember we during a pandemic there was unemployment people weren't working right. people was hungry the meat plants went crazy that nobody you know the stimulus checks was already used up the, everybody had got their their uh the government checks uh, that $1,200, $2,400 that they was given was gone. So it was just opportunists is what it was. And now, now they're filling it. You got people that can't get packages. FedEx one delivering, UPS one delivering. They was robbing the mail trucks. They was doing all that. So now grandma, grandpa can't get their medication. People can't get the insulin. Your packages are behind. Yeah, all that, those things took effect. That happened to to me. Um, just related to my job, you know, I work with people that are homeless again, and we out of uh, in the in, in the five mile radius where my job is at, there's twenty Walgreens, and that mm-hmm. Monday out of the twenty Walgreens, there was only three of them open. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, and I got, I do, I got people who, who I'm responsible for figuring out like, all right, we got to get your medication. I'll pick it up, get it delivered. And then now I'm calling these places and they can't tell me much other than we don't have that. We have to call the other place and the other place has been looted. Mm-hmm. Um, then you call the doctors and they 
if they answer, they don't know what's going on because everywhere has been looted and they can't call, you know, they can't call a pharmacy that's not open. Um, yeah. And, and it was, it, it was crazy. It's, it's crazy with COVID and the riots to see how thin that line between like everyday life, normalcy and, and chaos is, you know, um, cause shit, well, shit will break down fast. COVID shut the, t- the entire world down. Right. And, people, and then you get this racial division. You got people pissed off and tired of police getting away with stuff. I mean, look at this. The Van Dyke guy, he got away with killing a black guy, shot him 16 times, and got a, basically got away with it. Yeah. He had five years in jail. I mean, he did three and a half, and he's out. You got brothers that's going to jail for drug cases, getting 25 years to life for uh, a couple of grams, an ounce of cocaine. But this guy killed cold blood and get away with it. Another guy in New York, choke him out. You get a guy in Cincinnati, shoot a guy in the car with his wife in the car, get away with it. You get a, a white woman in Texas, go in the wrong house and kill a brother. Basically almost got away with it. Yeah. Then you get six police officers going to the wrong house to serve a search warrant to the wrong house. A brother defends his girl with a right to carry in the house. They defend the shoot. Then they shoot her and kill her eight, no, shoot her eight times to kill her in a wrong house and lie about it. You got all this going around. You got a woman in Oklahoma kill her brother on an SUV and lied about it and said she was scared, but she had six other cops around her. I mean, you can go on and on. The, the white cop in Carolina that finally got caught because he shot the guy six times and said the guy was running running towards him. He guy was running away from him. Only reason he got caught because somebody had a camera. Yeah, yeah. That that I was listening to someone talk about that. Uh, what would have happened if there was not someone there with the camera when when the whole George Floyd thing happened? You know. Well, he did. He, did you hear about the police report that they wrote? The, the police report that wrote that said they had to restrain him because he was resisting arrest right. and very violent, a very violent person. Yeah. So they restrained him, physically had to physically restrain him. And he died of asphyxiation of meth, methamphetamines and heart problems. Yeah. That's, that, that's the report. Yeah. And, original report. And this is this is one of those things that it's been very really different for me and i know that i know that people feel really strongly about the people that all of a sudden started getting this under radar with the police brutality but there's just so much ambiguity and so much uncertainty with like a lot of the stories you hear some of it comes out you you only get half of the video or like there's just always things that people could kind of latch on to and be like all right i don't i don't know what to make of the situation but this one was like clear as day. Like it was just fucked up, and yeah, it's one of those things that uh that that can't really be ignored. And but one of my things with with the racial element of um police brutality is how much of it. No, because I'm 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 Puerto Rican. I mean, you know, I'm Latino. Like I I sometimes I like to look at things and be like, how much of this can we prevent by 
avoiding, not avoiding the situations, just holding each other in our own communities accountable. And, and without a doubt, but you know, just like you, you know, you you know that there are people in our community when growing up, that's bad apples. You know, just like, you know, it's all saying the police will have this cold of blue silence, right? Right. But we got the neighborhood, the, 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 Snitches get stitches. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, you see some, you reported that your neighbor's son has a gun or your neighbor's son, you know, they shot X, Y, and Z or they was a part of a gang. And then your family gets put in jeopardy. Right. So a lot of people don't, don't even cooperate with the police. Uh, a lot of people believe in street justice, especially on the West side. Right. You hear it all the time. People get shot. Oh, I ain't see nothing. How you not see this person get shot? He got stood up and got shot twenty times, and but nobody uh, saw it. How? So I, that's something I actually feel really strongly about, and we've talked about here on the show before, which is the idea of the snitches get stitches, and now especially for people calling on police to to break the blue code and to put cops that do bad things on blast. But I also, you know, from from listening to police talk and from just knowing what's going on in these neighborhoods growing up around certain environments. It's like every, you know, when something happens on the block, everybody knows who did it and no one says anything. And to me, that's one of those things that guarantees that this cycle of violence continues because now whoever did it is not going to get caught and someone's going to come after them and someone's going to come after Mm -hmm. that person and it guarantees that we continue that cycle of violence. The cycle, right? That's right. The cycle. It, it's going, and then it's going to be, it's going to be that somebody that's going to get innocently shot or whatever. They're going, huh? y'all should have said something. Y'all should have said. Well, you could have said something. Yeah. And because that's that's kind of my one of my approaches to a lot of these situations is is accountability and people kind of like, yeah, you know what maybe we do have certain systems or circumstances that work against us, but there's so much that we can do for those to neutralize those circumstances or systems, however you want to look at it, um, that I feel that only we can fix our, our homes, right? Like, um, I mean, what, what do you think the importance of family is in, in all of this big picture wise? Like, do you think that that's secondary? Do you think that that's the primary focus that we should have with fixing these circumstances and, and conditions that, that a lot of like, you know, the inner city and like minorities have to deal with? Well, we, we got to find a way to deal with it. You know, there's no, we got to all find a way to deal with it. We got to find a way to make each other accountable for our own actions. You know, those saying, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a neighborhood to raise it. You know, we have to stick together as a community. Right. But more than anything, we have to be accountable for our own actions. And that's what a lot of people aren't. Yeah. We have to be. Yeah. That's you know, it's just it's the way it is. And we gotta get a lot of these parents to be parents instead of friends to their kids. Yeah. That that's that's something that we try to stress on, um, on the show a lot, and uh, it's interesting, you know, because a lot of the time, 
being from outside of a community, you can't speak on it. Um, and I think that that, I mean, how, how do you particularly, how do you feel about that, that notion of like, um, people from outside a certain community, not having the right to speak on the, on that community's matters? Well, I think there's, I mean, like for, like for myself, when I go back to my old community, uh, I don't know half of the kids, the young kids that's growing up. And most of the adults that I grew up with are dead and gone or in jail or moved away. So people don't know me. Uh, it's like when I go back over there, I, I go speak to a lot of the kids over there in the community that has a big brother going to the schools. And I, when I walk in, I go in as a firefighter. And they see me come in. The first thing they go is, oh, you don't know what it's like growing up in the hood with, you know, single single mom, no father, or so on and so forth. And you get that right away. And then I tell them my story. Right. And then I get their attention. Just because you're not from the hood don't mean that you can't relate to some of the things that goes on in the hood. You know, I I I can, can't go someone and tell someone who's, hungry ain't eight in 10 days or five days what it feels like to be hungry like that no i could talk to you about other things that relate to that yeah and that that's something go ahead no go ahead what you got sir no that's something that that i deal with a lot um working with like homeless people and people that are really that you know that have been through through that system you know that that come from the south side the west side come from from the street and have been locked up and all of that they're very resistant and they will they won't listen to you if you haven't gotten locked up doesn't matter what you could be telling them something that's super obvious that they know it's the truth and if you haven't lived that experience they just won't listen um and and i think that 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 creates you know there's just so many self-imposed barriers that i see that i i don't know how to address like you can't legislate you know, people staying together and raising their kids. You know, you can't legislate being decent to one another and and not doing. I mean, I guess you could legislate not doing illegal things. <laughs> yeah, I think we already pretty much do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> but no, I mean, you can't. You can't legislate Immoral. decency and, and morality, right? Moral things, yeah. Um, and and it's difficult. It's difficult because it makes me feel powerless when this whole um. This whole George Floyd thing happened. Um, one of the first things that popped into my head was, oh, shit, like, here we go. Like, this is not going to be like anything else we've seen. And it's just going to divide people and it's going to sink. It's just going to dig that hole deeper that we've been going through yeah. for a long time and that we should but be kind I of think, out of. But I think we it actually did the opposite. Hmm. It brought people together. It put it brought a light to what, like for instance, like Kevin Kaepernick, the quarterback, mm -hmm. what, what, what he was kneeling for four years ago. Right. It's the exact same thing was happening. Equality. And it just brought a light. I mean, white people knew it. They saw it or they heard about it, but see the world saw that white man killed that black man without any remorse. Yeah. With his hands in his pocket. You say what? With his hands in his pocket. Yes, with his hands in his pocket. And continue to press now. Everybody saw that. Everybody saw it. 
So there was no getting around that. So it had to be right up. Now, the, the, the problem, I mean, the part that's going to unite all of us is the, the president of the United States blatantly not acknowledging it, blatantly acting like it didn't happen. That's what's going to unite the people. Now, we still going to have those things. We got them now to still think, you know, uh, white supremacy exists. We don't always have those. Now, we're going we're gonna to have them on every level. And, and that's it's what it is. But that in itself brought out white, black, brown, everything worldwide. It brought attention worldwide. Mm-hmm. We tried Martin Luther King nonviolent way. We tried that. Now we're doing the Malcolm X way. Right. And it's a whole new response. Because they know, I, God forbid, BS aside, We'd tear this mother up. Yeah. You you let this guy get off. You you the only people that's gonna get off from this trial without going to jail are the two rookies. They're so? only two gonna get off. Which they ones gonna are get the, suspended? Which ones they are the rookies? Suspended. You say what? Which ones are the other rookies in that uh, of the four cops? The the uh the 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 other two that 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 the two white boys that, that hold them down. The black and white guy that was holding okay. him down. The other oh. two on the other end. Yeah, behind the truck. Yes. So the one Asian... guy was his second shift. Yes. One guy was his second shift. Mm-hmm. The black guy that was his fourth shift. Mm-hmm. And the Ch- Chavez was their training officer. Mm. Yeah. So they're the only two that's gonna get off because they was told right. this is what to do. This a training officer. So, yeah. yeah, in common courtesy, oh, at, the, at the end of the day, they still didn't do their duty by trying to help this brother. That, that's a, just but a they, person. But, not, yeah. Not a right, cop. right. But they they were following the direction yeah, that's fine. of their training officer that's who fine. was at the head. It was training day. Yeah. Well, it's like the fucking the Nazis with that shit, too. Oh, well, we were just following orders. But, and then it's never, you right. know. So, okay. So, are you concerned that. Because I I can't see this trial being satisfactory to everybody. Are you concerned that the shit's gonna start all over again when the when that verdict comes in? Uh, well, no, because I, he's gonna get convicted. Him and Child are gonna get convicted. Cause you, if you didn't know him and Child are brother-in-laws, he married Child's sister. Who the, the Asian dude? Got, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Asian the, the Asian uh, sister was the guy's husband. I mean, guy's wife. Jeez. That, that oh. filed for divorce. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> he's going to jail. Yeah. He's right now in maximum security. The Asian is going to jail for lack of doing what he's supposed to do to secure the scene and, you know, take care of the body. They're also going to jail for failure to act. Yeah. Because about post, when the guy was posted, nobody did anything to help him out. But he's going to go to jail. Now, he's not going to get first degree murder because that's impossible to prove for the yeah. Chicago. Well, whatever. With a cop, period, it's impossible. But he's going to get, he's going to do time in jail. Now he's going to get, he's going to get at least uh, 15, 20 years. What do you make of their connection at that club that they did security for? Of course, he knew the brother without a doubt. Because I, I, no way you bounce. I saw no you bounce at a club and not not know each other. I saw a video recently of an employee there who said that they had bumped heads a lot. Um, yeah, well, 
Well, did the owner of the club say that Chavez didn't deal with you no know, uh, blacks well? He said that he loved the the no, the, the lag night, yeah. but he hated when it was like you no know, Puerto Ricans blacks at the club. He couldn't deal with it. <laughs> yeah, that's. So, I mean, we, I mean, we we all know that he knew. He he might not have known who George Floyd was initially when he got there, but he knew who he was when he pulled him out the car. He knew who he was. Yeah. I, yeah, I've had yeah, this feeling. Know. I've had this feeling that there's going to be more uh, coming to no, light. Without it, like I said, you, I'm surprised you guys didn't know he was married to the guy's sister. No, yeah, no, we didn't I, know that. But that makes sense as why he was so cavalier about the situation. Like, oh, I'm not going to bust my brother-in-law's balls right now. Yeah, oh, yeah. So yeah, but but he's going to jail. Yeah, like you say, he ain't going well, to be murdered. But 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 this is the issue. It's going to take him almost a year before he go to jail, though. No, oh, people are still gonna be fucking around and they're still gonna be rioting, protesting yeah. and but but the protest is gonna go on until hopefully Trump don't win. If this don't do anything, it should bring people out to vote. Do you, now? Do you think that Trump's gonna? I I'm convinced that Trump's gonna win again. No, Trump's not gonna win this one. Trump's gonna cause people gotta come out to vote. They gotta come out to vote. So are they going with no, the Joe no, Biden it's bring, ticket? It's gonna bring the people out to vote. Is it? Are they going for the Joe Biden ticket? You say what? Joe Biden. They're going to go out and vote for Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. They, they, Joe Biden going to win this one because so, Trump failed in two. He failed during the pandemic where he said it would go away. It was just a hoax, and we had over a hundred some thousand Americans die, and he didn't handle the riot. So he tried to divide the country. There's there's no unity in anything he's trying to do. What did you what did you make of uh Biden's comments about if you what if you have any trouble deciding, deciding between him and Trump do you ain't black? What uh, what you make of that? I think he had a, a bad choice of words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when does he, he not? Yeah, but he he could have worded that differently. Yeah. I mean, I mean, put it this way. It's the best of both evils. I mean, yeah, it's the best of two evils. But you, you've tried this one. You know this one got horns. Yeah, we we already know Trump got the horns, and he's doing what he's gonna do. He's gonna run it like a business. If you don't agree with him, he's gonna fire you. So you you think you you think that that Biden is the the best option? He's a better president. Yeah, but Trump messed the system up already. Remember, he's tried to change the constitution. Mm. So. I mean, yeah, it's I I'm I'm just like I'm still like, com I don't know I, I'm just still kind of convinced that Trump Trump's gonna win. There's there's just so much time and incumbents I, usually have the advantage. Yeah, just watching watching everything that's been going on with with Biden from from where I'm at, it doesn't look great for him. Although I heard that his, his approval rating has been going up lately. That's what I heard too. But I don't know. Trump's approval rating is in the dirt. It, but you know what? You can't really go with that because yeah. Hillary had Hillary was a more popular person. <laughs> yeah. She had the popular vote, but Trump had all them them back backwood country folks came out and voted. Yeah, you can't really trust what goes on on the news because they're just trying to push a narrative to get everybody to believe it, and then you know it's like becomes a look self fulfilling prophecy. Look what happened in Georgia just last week. Look, look, look what happened in Georgia last week. Over half the state didn't get a chance to vote. What I have not hear about that because the machines was messed up. Oh, one of those. Well, I mean, Trump. So it's, 
Was Trump against the 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 mail mail in ballots? Yeah. I'm not sure. Was was Trump against what? Mail in ballots? Yeah, mailing in the ballots. Oh yeah, yeah. Trump's very much against that. Yeah, that's very what much. I thought. He said there could be a lot of fraud. Very much against that. But but Florida, sixty percent of Florida is mail in ballot. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So yeah, it happened. So man, I really I, I wanna thank you for coming on. It's been it's been great talking to you and I'm hoping I'm hoping we could reach back out with you eventually in anytime, the future. Brother. Brothers, anytime. I, I truly appreciate this. Anytime. I love the conversation. Yeah, no, I I mean it, it's it's been great having you know, we we've had we've had different types of people on, but I feel that you you your experience and we didn't even touch scratch the surface of like the experiences that you've had, you know, just through your career and everything. Um there's so much going on right now, but I, I definitely like to to have you back on, and we could dig into some of that because I think that you have some interesting perspective. I mean, having been, you know, on both sides, having gotten out of the the, the circumstances you've gotten out of, and you know, being where you're at now, it's it's admirable, and I it's it's been an honor talking to you. I mean, I, I think it's it's pretty badass what you've accomplished, and I really respect it. Fellas, I appreciate it, and I appreciate what you guys are doing too, man. Anytime you need me, just call me, okay? Thanks a lot, we'll Chief. Hold you to it. Thank you, brother. All right, you man. have a good night, fellas. You too. All right. Later. Peace. Watch me dance. Watch me dance. Watch me dance. That was good. That was, that was a lot. I never considered that, you know, the arson thing. I'm, I'm in my head. I'm just thinking about um, the Goodfellas setting fire to their shops. That was a really good interview. Uh, I guess next up, um, there's a message here from Dial Up Daisy. So let's see what one of our contributors has uh, sent us. I went to the protest last night to show support. I know white silence is white violence. With my abolish the police sign in hand, I know I am on the right side, the colored side. At around 8 p.m. I head back home to get my beauty sleep. Black lives matter, but white skin does crack. I see a few justice seekers dismantling institutions of corporate greed. I ask if I can help, they don't respond. I take a selfie so all my colored friends see that I was seeking justice too. Someone strikes me from behind. I have offended my fellow justice seeker. He screams. I politely respond we are on the same side. He strikes me again. The confused, impoverished justice seeker can't understand me. Must be institutional racism striking again. I hand over my belongings because they can be replaced. This justice seeker's life cannot. As I start to leave, I am surrounded by more justice seekers. This is a good time for police presence. It's like when you don't need them, they show up. And when you do need them, they aren't around. That's, that's Daisy. I know, Daisy's out there with the people. We haven't had Daisy... I want to do like a Daisy supercut one of these days. <laughs> one of these days. I think I think a few of them weren't even on episodes that we released. Yeah, we'll have to retroactively release them, and uh, I can give her intro, which I don't say the most flattering thing about who Daisy is as a person. Look, Daisy, Daisy's our mascot. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy's our cam girl, the the official, uh, the official, almost cam positive girl. Um, fans only cam girl. She's she's disembodied though. Is she? <laughs> yeah, because we're body positive here oh, at okay. Almost Positive. All right. Yeah, for those who have seen um, 
the accountant. She's that little girl in the autistic, fucking basement. Autistic girl. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, so man, th- and that's legit how it happened with Mister Fucking with Fire Chief Stan, bro. Like, yeah. uh, I took an Uber, one of those Ubers that was just one in a million because I got canceled, he got canceled, then we ended up fucking meeting up. Mm. I have no clue what the fuck we were talking about. That we ended up going into the to the rabbit hole. Yeah. And um, cool ass dude. That's Mo. We we spent like ten minutes talking about Mo. Mo's gonna come on, man. Mo, Mo's Mo, cool. I'm down with Mo. Mo's gonna get a, a special episode because he's 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 a cool ass fucking guy. And no no questions asked, man. I got a hold of him. What? You trying to get a cop? Hold on. Blip. So I had fucking fire chief stand on there. I'm like, damn, this guy. Yeah. Badass. I think uh, we definitely need business cards for almost positive, just so we can start handing them out. Yeah. I uh, ran into an Uber yesterday, and uh, he works at like a military <laughs> bank. And he was telling me, like, oh, well, this is my social interaction for, like, you know, the days. Like, I do Uber. I have another business, but I just want social interaction. So we were talking for a bit, and I was just all like, man, dude, like, it would would be good to get your perspective on doing Uber uh, during the riots because he was telling me a bunch of stories. Yeah. And I was all like, yeah, dude, I got a podcast. And he rolled his eyes. (laughs) I was all like, (laughs) "It's, it's, it's not so bad, guy. Yeah, no, our podcast is good, damn it. Um, uh, well, you know what? You know, we were we were accused uh-huh. of never adding anything to the conversation. Oh shit! <laughs> we did it, guys. We did it, dude. We did it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, um, even if even if I were to have to cut out, you know, like like all right, just cut out all the things that I'm uh, happy to have done here, you know, I. I feel that at least for this subject, which has just been all encompassing, we've gone in there and we've we've done you know the the Lord's work. You're talking loud and saying nothing. <laughs> That's the homie, bro. You know what? There's like a few interviews that if uh-huh. we accomplish to get one day, I'll yeah. die happy. Doctor Drew, fucking uh, Jesse Lee Peterson. Amazing. Amazing. And um, that's the only thing I could think of right now. Oh, just those two? Dr. Drew, Jordan Lee. Um, There's several underbosses. Jesse Lee. There's several underbosses we got to get to to eventually get to them. Bro, why? You want to interview fucking Nick Fuentes? You want to fucking interview Jesus Christ? Tired of you fucking uh, talking about this guy. Beta! That's you, dude. You're the one that fucking did Nick Fuentes, Jock. Only because he's right, right here, right in our own backyard. Listen, man, we got better people in our backyard. People like Ulysses, Carlos Townsend, fucking Fire Chief Stan, Tarrant uh, Eddie. Tarrant Reader Emma? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Emma. We got to get Emma back on. We we got to, you know, it's a lot of work, man. And and it's like one episode a week is not enough to really, like, yeah. hit on things. But then, like, more is hard to manage. Yeah, do you remember when it was all like, all right, we're going to do an hour and a half. <laughs> That's it. Anything else is overkill. Yeah. And then it turns into a fucking four-hour show because we can't not cut anything. Well, we're not going to do that no more. We're going to be concise, precise, and straight to the point. Where's Wrong. my news? Wrong. How dare you? Where's my news? Where's the news? The news is coming up. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned.
He was, no, you did bitches already. I did bitches already. Yeah. Um, I'll come up with other words. Um, you know, I'm running out of material quick, but yeah, we'll I mean, you there. only did like fucking five of them, dude. Come on. Oh well, there's the un uh, the unaired ones, and I don't want to repeat them. I don't want to hear shit. All right, so first off, you know, I I really like the corporate um show of solidarity. Really Based. into that. Based. You know, because it, it it always feels so real and genuine. It just touches me in special places. Makes me warm in the nether regions to see the corporations that have always done so much for us, you know, kind of take action. And we have now, um, I guess, Warner Brothers, right? Looney Tunes? Yeah. Are, are no longer going to allow... Elmer Fudd to have his fucking gun. But why? That's the gimmick. <laughs> Dude. I'm hunting rabbits. It's not I'm looking for rabbits. He's still going to hunt rabbits. Okay, but what is he going to use? A bow and arrow? Is he going to use a, a fucking rope to catch them by their little legs and shit like that? Yeah, I'll let this guy explain it to you. HBO Max's Looney Tunes reboot bans guns from Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam. According to the series executive producer and showrunner, the new series Looney Tunes cartoons, which was launched on HBO Max, will still feature Elmer Fudd as his characteristically violent character. However, he will now carry a scythe instead of a gun, and his attacks will be restricted to using sticks of dynamite, booby traps, and dropping heavy objects on Bugs Bunny. So A scythe? A scythe, like he's the yeah. Grim Reaper. What? And I actually saw a clip of him chasing Bugs Bunny around with the scythe, and it looks far more visceral and violent yeah. than just loading his gun and being all clumsy here's, and shooting. Here's the thing, like, Looney Tunes didn't really use, like, swords and stuff like that, and, you know, they, you mostly use, like, dynamite and things exploding well, on fucking people. That's great, too, because no guns. Okay, wow, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah the, are, you know that the next generation that's going to grow up on Looney Tunes with no guns is going to be an amazing generation. Yeah, they're going to be great. They're going to be fucking... Um, they're going to be child murderers. <laughs> well, but they could still use dynamite and explosives. Like, yeah. all right, dude. So um, so mass... So we, so no mass shootings, but we could still blow shit up. I have um, some Gen X ants that when they were raising their kids... From like, you know, four to fucking like ten, there was this no gun rule in the house. From four to ten. Yeah. They but started. then after ten, those guns allowed. Oh no! There was just guns everywhere. Just no one knew about them. That's cool. We're we're pro gun here. <laughs> like the kids were hiding guns underneath their mattresses to play with them later. Fucking, uh, they oh, had wow. all bought video games. Also, oh, they created had... like a black market. Yeah. Like a like a child. That's cool. You can't have guns. Okay, <laughs> you're just gonna not know mm-hmm. about them. That's good. That's a good. That's a good microcosm for life. Yeah, all my little cousins now just play shooters and you know Call of Duty. So that worked out. Well, here there's more. Looney Tunes cartoons, the new series of animated shorts released exclusively on the HBO Max streaming service, will not be doing guns, says the series executive producer and showrunner. The Telegraph reports, in response to U.S. gun violence, the showrunners will not include firearms in FUD's arsenal. That is not to say that he has given up hunting Bugs Bunny, though. He just uses a scythe instead of, well, a gun. We're not doing guns. He told the New York Times, but we can do cartoony violence. TNT, the acne stuff, all of that was kind of grandfathered in. But hey, dude, that's cool, man. 
you know, I'm just happy to see to see people, you know, doing the right thing. Uh, <laughs> listen, man, we don't have to be told to do the right thing. We've been doing the right thing. Our logo has always been a Black Lives Matter uh, theme. It's black oh, and white. It's always been that way. We never had to change it because uh, it was a popular thing to do. We consulted uh-huh. the H- our HR firm, and they consulted the graphic designers, and and they did what what they thought would be most um, least offensive. <laughs> <laughs> you say so. When are we doing our rainbow one? It is Pride Month. It's, it's Pride Month. Yeah, it's just got swallowed up by all this other talk we did we did pride month early so we could focus on, oh right 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 on the upcoming fucking issues we we foresaw but yeah so so bugs bunny doesn't get to get shot no more he gets to get stabbed with the scythe which is pretty cool yeah <laughs> yeah it's fucking great oh yeah you know bugs bunny just gets chopped in half and then he's just all like well i'll just sew myself back up or whatever it is they do in cartoons nowadays well and I mean, there's been all sorts of shows of uh, solidarity. Like, we no longer might have the Dukes of Hazard because apparently the Dukes of Hazard are offensive. Well, they're they're offensive because uh, of the flag on the car, on the car, <laughs> <laughs> the Confederate flag, and fucking uh, the General Lee. What can't they just uh, you know go retroactively? Dude, just that's exactly it? what I thought. I'm like, guys, <laughs> hold on. They do Can- it to guns in movies already. Oh my god, I'm just like fuck, because you know. So I was like, all right, I, they they're running around in their fucking little Confederate car, right? So this show's got to be problematic. <laughs> and it was. It was a little bit problematic, but not racially. So they they have a there's a black dude in the crew. Is a black dude now? No, in the crew and just the, in the old school oh, in the old Dukes school. of Hazard oh, okay, yeah. fucking show. I'm thinking of the wrong show. <laughs> the fucking Dukes of Hazard, bro. Come on. How dare you? Nah, but anyway, so so the, they were actually trying to work around the police because the police was corrupt. The police was running this yep. uh, this gambling ring mm-hmm. and they were trying to take the, the gambling machines and disperse them in the town so the people would get the money and they they were funding an orphanage with the gambling machines and the cops were working with the criminals in town and the they were good old boys trying to you know be you, american you watched the show way more than i have cause it I was one know. episode dude oh damn one episode wow well because I, I was like all right they're gonna ban fucking dukes of hazard now i want i mean was it race because it was in the late no. 70s 80s so it's like I'm sure, but they were pretty, there was a lot of, like, misogynistic uh, yeah. overtones yeah. in the show. Yeah, they were chads. Yeah. Well, they were dumb as fuck, too, which I, I didn't remember them being stupid. Uh-huh. But apparently they were dumb. Okay. But I don't know, man. You know, there was empowerment for women. Well, actually, I feel like every one of those, like, 70s fucking, like, TV shows, like, Bewitched, all those other ones, fucking everybody on that show was dumb. And that yeah. was what was funny about it. Well, they had, yeah. They are all dumb and Lucy, her fucking husband Ricky, all of them are just dumb. The first thing they see Duke is shown doing is beating the shit out of some dudes, mm-hmm. which was you know was, I don't know I was like this show's not a uh, too bad, but it might get banned because the Confederate flag, you know NASCAR's joining in on the banning of the Confederate flag. Oh shit! Are they gonna get rid of their like their annoying horns? 
No, dude. Oh, no. You get to. We uh, can't get rid of old Dixie. No, maybe in like ten years, though, the people will realize what it is and they'll take it off too. Ah, uh, damn. But you know, in 2015, they had actually announced that they weren't gonna fucking let any more Dukes of Hazard toys because of the flag. There's still BLM. toys. Apparently, dude. Jesus, who plays with that? With Dukes of Hazard toys, I would if I could. <laughs> All right, sure. <laughs> Nah, but so, and even Paramount, Paramount fucking canceled uh, cops. You know that they canceled cops? Why? Because cops are evil, bro. Oh, my God. That was one of, like, the best TV shows ever. Because it, it enforced um, racial prejudice and uh, stereotypes. Show me the line. Well, what? That it did that? <laughs> that it enforced? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it did. Um... And I guess there's an A&E show called Life PD that got canceled too. It's, I guess, probably like cops, but with people crying. Um, it's all gone, dude. It's all gone. Uh, Pet Paw Patrol. Do you know Paw Patrol? The kids, I, the kids show. I've seen memes of it. It's a bunch of, it, of I, I just had, dogs. Oh, that dogs talk. doing what? Talking? Yeah, they're like dogs Scooby-Doo? that live normal life. Like Scooby Doo. So like, nah, like there's like firemen dogs and pedestrian dogs and. They're just dogs living human lives as dogs. Are there any humans? I can't remember. Do they honest. have like miniature dogs as pets? Yeah, like I don't know, man. They, like, are they the leaders of their culture? Type yeah, of yeah, like they I still think have. They are. You know, they still have monkeys and everything, but the know. fucking dogs are there. Probably should look dog. But point is, that there's a <laughs> cop character in that show, and they want it gone. Just gone? Yeah, they want it. They're going to write him off the show like they just kill him one day? Yeah. Or he gets ambushed by a a, a, gang, a, a gaggle of uh, justice seekers. Damn. Justice seeking dogs? Yeah. But yeah, so anyway. A bunch of pit bulls? It's, uh, it's fucking um, Harlan Williams, you know? Harlan Williams? No, I don't know. Stoner dude? From uh, the guy that gave the shit to the horse in uh, Half Baked. Oh, okay. <laughs> he makes bird sounds. Yeah, he made a kid's show. And he's been fairly successful with it. And now he's in trouble because he has a cop dog on the show. That's his show? Wow. Now, now I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, dude, I watched an episode of that shit too once. Because I was like, well, he made that show and I watched it. All right. It was. Is it good on... On what drug should I be on when I watch it? Acid. Acid? For sure. All right, I'll look. I was sober when I saw it, but I'd recommend you watch that shit on acid. Based. Anyway, so you I know you got some, some actual news, no? Yeah, yeah, I don't just don't have Well my nothing. shit's important news because you know what? What? The world is gonna be so much better with no dukes <laughs> of hazard. <laughs> You know how many fucking people, how many minority lives will be saved when we don't have to watch cops how or many, Paw Patrol anymore? How many interracial, like, buddy cop fucking uh, shows are there out there? I don't care, but if they're cops, they need to be banned. That was one of the first ones. They weren't cops, weren't they? Weren't they just good old boys? Who, the Dukes of Hazzard? Yeah. Yeah, they were just two fucking hillbillies. Dude, the so first joke they make on they the like show. Were they, like, neighborhood patrol, and they were just making sure that no. everybody kind of no, stayed No, they were place. just... Nah, Make sure they had no a trespassing. No, nah, they had a sheriff, but the sheriff was crooked. I forgot his name. But then there's Boz Hogg. Which Boz was the, Hogg. Yeah, that was the the main criminal in town. It was good. The first the first joke they make was they crept up on Daisy Duke, 
the dude put her arm around her and he was like, well, if you weren't my cousin and she's like, oh, that never stopped anyone in the family before. Thanks, daddy. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? That's yeah, it was good. Right. I, I recommend watching uh, Dukes of Hazard before. Nah, it's racist. <laughs> That's offensive. Dude. Anyway, go ahead. Talk. Tell oh. me your news. What am I gonna go down? Um, have you heard of the uh, autonomous zone? <laughs> you yeah. don't know how to read it. Or I don't know how to read. I don't. Yeah, it's true. You don't know how to read. Uh, yes, yeah. I have. Yes, you have. So you've heard of Chaz, <clears throat> the fucking uh, the Seattle Antifa, like Capitol Hill. Anonymous zone, Chaz. Is that anti zone? It's anti zone. Is fucking Antifa it's, in charge over there? Uh, yeah. Aren't they a terrorist group? Yes and no. You know what I want to say? Because for the most part, it's kind of like no one takes them too seriously. But for the most part, they're gonna hold down this uh this little zone in Seattle, and uh, pretty much they're gonna get wiped out by the police in like. I don't know, two weeks, because they seem to do this all the fucking time, is take over this one little square piece of fucking, um, you know, the the city, and then eventually they all get the kicked time. out. All the time? What the fuck do you mean all the time? It's, it's actually been multiple times that there's been, like, these sit-in fucking protests on space on spaces. Isn't that what the fuck your yeah. dumbass was yeah. recommending last week? I was telling you that it, it, it actually works, and it fucking frustrates. The problem is that some of these people are too stupid. And they end up like shitting all in one fucking pile, and then fucking like the place becomes like a fucking biozone. It's fucking crazy. Some of the shit that goes on down there. All right. Or up there. On Monday, police boarded up a downtown precinct, and since then, hundreds of protesters, reportedly from Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and others, have moved into the area, declaring it the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone or CHAZ. And the protesters appear to be turning against their own, storming City Hall, demanding the resignation of Mayor Jenny Durkin. Unusual since Durkin is a progressive who has long supported far left issues. But this time, the mayor is calling for police reform. The protesters want the police department abolished and won't budge. Of course, there are calls across the country for police departments to be defunded, but presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden does not feel that way. In fact, just the opposite. In a USA Today op-ed, the former vice president wrote, quoting here, while I do not believe federal dollars should go to police departments violating people's rights or turning to violence as the first resort, I do not support defunding police. They're going to shout it. They're going to start screaming at him. He's going to leave like a fucking coward. Like a coward? You know what? That that actually something like that comes up later in the news, actually, now that you mention it. But um, so uh, the local Karens are pretty upset and rightfully so, you know, but uh, they're more upset that the politicians won't do this. So, like, you know how I was bringing up that this is a reoccurring thing that happens in this fucking city? That these fucking little fucking communities fucking pop up and basically fucking sit for as long as possible and then fucking yes. just get wiped out. You by encouraged the it last I know, I encouraged it. Yeah. They probably did it because of me. Yep. So I could take credit for that one. There you go. Uh, what about that brings me hope. <laughs> um, but so this is a clip from a town meeting. Violence is committed. You need to call 911 and the police... <laughs> Do you understand that the police have told us to vote you all out so that they can do their jobs? And you're telling us to call 911? You're smiling. You think it's funny? So, who are those people? Who are those people? What's going on here? (laughs) All right. 
that was the Seattle town hall meeting, and that was your your Karens basically gathering up and being like, "We're gonna vote you guys out because the police told us to vote you guys out so they can do their jabs." They're pro police. The Karens. Uh, so. no, they're just tired of fucking the the anarchy fucking rule of fucking Seattle and fucking all of this. I mean, you know that fucking like uh, that entire West Coast is fucking like just filled with fucking these progressives who fucking like uh defend Antifa and do like all that. A bunch of terrorist hippies. Yeah, a bunch of terrorist <laughs> hippies. You know that the West Coast is filled with terrorist hippies. Anarchic terrorist hippies. But it's nonetheless. So you'd never heard about some of these, like the the. They caught like fucking um, like the Black Plague or some shit fucking developed from one of these camps. I know. No, I mean I know about homeless encampments, and I know that some of them are like fucking. <laughs> okay, so entire like a small city. So what do all those people have in common? You know, they're in a small cramped area. They probably haven't showered for a no, while. No, I know it's um, typhus. I think it's actually called the uh, the plague. Yeah. But a bunch of hippies. No. Oh. I heard that there being perverts in there. Yeah. It's accusations of pervertness. Well, yeah, accusations of pervertness. They're you know. building walls, barricades, they're IDing people. Un- unreported rapes because they're not going to go to the police. They're, they're barricading, uh, they're IDing people and searching yeah. them. Pretty much if you have anything over $100, you know, you can walk in. You know, if you're wearing some Prada or something. Says who? <laughs> Just making... Just making you know, up lies, bro. Yeah, making up lies about it. Listen, I'm talking about truth. Okay, what's the truth? That they're they're IDing everybody that goes in and out and searching them. Oh, into those supposedly things? they're extorting businesses and shit. Oh, that's nice. Those are just rumors, allegedly. This is alleged. He's almost positive that that's what's going on. Yeah, I heard. I heard from someone who's not very um, reputable. Anyways, anyway. all right. Well. Uh, what you were talking about earlier with the uh, walking off in shame. Fucking, I do have the video of that. Minnesota's progressive mayor just fucking being shouted down after uh, he decided to show up to one of these. He went to the wrong place. <laughs> he went to the wrong place. He thought place. he could show up at the barbecue. Yeah, no. And nope. Jacob Fry, we have a yes or no question for you. Yes or no, will you commit to defunding Minneapolis Police Department? Vote her in. The walk of shame right now. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. Look at they opened up a line. I like how they open up a line for him to take off, but they won't do it for fucking cars. I don't. 
people. I said, dude, oh man, look at shamed. Shame, shamed in the public square. Dude, this 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 is like some historical ass shit, you know, like Look at that guy. Get the fuck out of here. Like you hear about like the history books, like where they describe things like this, you know? Uh-huh. It's crazy to see it. Are we ready to have, you know, the French guillotines go off? Yeah. He's a, he's a man of the people. Oh, okay. What a, what a great guy. What a Hero. great guy. So you got something for me about uh, people losing jobs? Because he's apparently going to lose his job, right? I think he's going to lose his job. Um, and it's just kind of crazy that the memes, you know, we're 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 at this point where it's like there's really no dis- 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 <laughs> distinction between fucking memes and life. It's just fucking blending into each other. That's kind of what what uh what our buddy Leo was talking about. Yeah, and uh, sometimes it feels like shit's glitching, like like we're fucking uh. Yeah, no, they ran the wrong program. I think we were supposed to be in flying cars by now, and uh, you know we're all supposed to have UBI. We have the replicator machine from Star Trek. All right. Anyways, tell us about this clip that you brought to the table. Oh, this video. You about to lose this your lady. job because you are detaining me for nothing. You about to lose your job. You about to lose your job. I like the dances. I wish I could dance like that. Yeah, I wish that I could dance is, at all. I know why people get mad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they can't dance like that. Dude. I'd be mad as hell too. Right. I can't even dance. Bro. Even Elmo. Thanks, Daddy. I'll smoke to that. Yeah. But then so... So yeah, that that's kind of become a fucking like, actually became that it, it was like within days, like that thing happened. Yeah. And then within days, it became a fucking like protest chant, which is pretty fucking great. I'm, hey, I'm I'm in favor of accountability. If that's what we gotta say to people. That's good. Dude. It's the chant, the chant of the people. But just she didn't know she was gonna become a meme. If she would have known, she probably would would put her belly away. <laughs> it's all there, man. Yeah, it's all there. It's all before us, man. We were warned. We were warned by Leo, man. Yeah, that's See? true. But it's not a good thing. It's a neutral thing. <laughs> all right, so. Anyway, well, what you got over here, dude? Cancel culture? What happened to Cancel you now? Cancel culture. Um, so apparently now you can't question Black Lives Matter. I know it's it's a it's an idea. It's an idea that we can all share that, you know, a black person's life matters, but it's really just become this whole corporation like behind it. Like well, weren't they an organization? It wasn't yeah. that's the name of an organization. Yeah, it's it's not a concept. Or they used <clears throat> they used the concept yeah. to name their organization mm-hmm. so that you'd be put into a corner where you couldn't say oppose it because who would oppose something like that, you know? Yeah, no. And it's the reason why they use Greta Thunberg 
to to go and spew whatever they need her to because who's gonna attack a child? No, yeah, definitely. Apparently, a lot of people though. Yeah, <laughs> motherfuckers are great, ruthless. Some great memes of her fucking <laughs> just like all jacked, fucking looking hard at fucking senators. Yeah, well, that's the life we live now. It's hard to overstate how vicious the crackdown on free speech and free thought has been in the last few days. This guy. Here's the new rule, and it defines everything. You are not allowed to question Black Lives Matter in any way. Full stop. That rule has been enforced without mercy everywhere, and not just in this country. In Vancouver, a men's basketball coach was fired for liking a tweet that questioned Black Lives Matter. Meanwhile, a player on the LA Galaxy, that's the professional soccer team in Los Angeles, was fired because his wife said something critical online. Not him. He didn't do it. His wife. Doesn't matter. They canned the player anyway. Imagine being a high school student right now. High school students who refused to show affirmative support for Black Lives Matter on their Instagram accounts were shunned by their friends. Journalists who asked too many questions about the group were fired or silenced. Again, not an exaggeration. Now, you'd think people in the media would resent this. Presumably some do. But almost everybody stayed quiet about it. They were too afraid. And some applauded. The New York Times ran an op-ed demanding that people disown their own families if their families fail to support Black Lives Matter enthusiastically enough. Tell your relatives, tell your friends. Well, you know what? I actually had like two people recently tell me that, yeah, they they disowned like their fucking like relative because they were bigots or whatever. Good dude. And, so, and I always ask them, what, well, what do they say? And it's always something like, oh, well, it's not what they said. It's what they didn't say. And I was all like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we should look at both sides. And then that's it. They yeah. disown you. Yeah, that's it. Oh, how dare you? There's only one side to look at things. That's centrist hell, man. That's that's where we, we've been relegated to live for the rest of our existence. Oh, such a beautiful For being fair-minded people. <laughs> I guess. But... I don't know. It's anytime you question a narrative that you see going on, like suddenly you're a bad person for fucking doing so. Like the whole, uh, I don't know if you saw, you remember last week I brought up the whole um, white supremacists might be out fucking beating people up. And how do we know these are white supremacists during going out during the riots? Um, We actually have a video, which uh, you can sit and describe what you see but it's a supposed white supremacist i see someone recording a crowd from a balcony it's of capitol hill uh this clip shows oh my god is he running them over he's running dozens of people over (laughs) car driving through the crowd there on 11th a lot of people were gathered there about 100 people got run over this evening and the car went right through that crowd uh, so this is the part where i want to show you about the the uh People over. When when does it? <laughs> you see this? You're gonna see this uh, video cut out. Right in a critical part. All- you saw how it cut? Yes. So apparently, this gentleman right here reached into the car. Eleventh, a lot of people. And apparently tried down. to grab this dude's gun, and that's when he was shot. All day long, as they and are. This is him uh, right there. This shot. evening, and the car went right through that crowd. I know he had a frightening gun. scene. Huh? Here's what how happened did he in know the moment. He had a gun? Oh, he just reached in and saw the gun. Are you saying, how do we know that he had a gun? (coughs) What's going on with you, man? Fuck. Are you too high for this show? No, dude. Okay. How the fuck did the guy know the dude in the car had a gun? He didn't know. So how the fuck are you saying that he was reaching in for the gun? No, no, no. You're missing my... 
The defensive. <laughs> The what fuck's your point, dude? What am I missing? Oh god, that the media cut that part out. Where the guy reached in? Yes. Being seen. Look, look at the clip. Got it. I got it. Watch this right there. There all day long Clipped. as they are uh, this evening, and got the car it. went right. Okay. So uh, the new what it had been going around in the news was this was a white supremacist attack by a by a Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, man? You can't just kill the fucking bitch. His name <laughs> is fucking Nicholas Fernandez. Yeah, it's fucking white supremacist. But yeah, you got to ruin the fucking bit. <laughs> like, you're over here. <laughs> so you can't trust Mexicans either now? Yeah, apparently. Um, so the reason I brought up that part in the clip that they cut was that this is this guy's defense, was that he was trying to get through, and then the protester reached in, and basically, it was they were struggling for the gun. That's, and then he, I did see this video, and he runs out, starts pointing the gun at everybody. <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's how you fucking move a crowd away. Is it though? Hey, I, don't know I mean, it worked saying. that time, I guess. Yeah. Well, there you go. I don't know. Well, what do you think? Should he not be fucking uh, trying to use public streets that are being occupied, or should the protesters have enough fucking common sense to get out of the way of a fucking moving vehicle? Which he didn't if run anybody over. If I was over. driving somewhere and I saw a giant crowd, I would just turn around and <laughs> find a way around it. Damn, look at you, bro. Such a pacifist. Beta! What the fuck? What's the point of fucking trying to drive through? Because he's an American. That's why. Okay, I mean, I guess, dude. This is America. I won't be swayed by terrorists. Or actually, I should say it in the Hispanic accent. Like, hey, man, I won't be swayed by terrorists. You know what I'm saying? Nah, dude. No? <laughs> Nonsense. Fuck that shit. All right. Well, anyways, I guess we've got to get around. some other shit. Fucking uh, a woman fucking uh, vandalized a police station and gets her fucking, uh, fucking shit wrecked. So this is her. She had an accomplice who fucking ran off as soon as fucking trouble started. It's a fat girl in a car. Oh, what the fuck? So, yeah, in trouble, dude. I know. They were all like, no, you can't show this video. There's a fat girl in a car trying to reverse. Car looks like it's been beat up. Like in Street Fighter 2, where the where you get to beat up the car in between matches. It's a broken windshield. Welcome to the media. Nice job. Dumb motherfucker. There's a hillbilly <laughs> yelling profanities at her. The hillbilly. There's cops. Justice is being served. Yeah, she called the cops because somebody was wrecking her car even though she was there to wreck the police station. Because there was a bird watcher uh, attacking her. <laughs> Alright, dude. I hate this video. This is the Sorry. most useless See, video I've ever seen in my life. This is that was like a, one of uh, this guy's destination unknown clips. How dare you? Well, anyways, there's I don't have a full full clip of this because nobody took footage of it. But a statue ended up falling on a fucking protester. They were out taking down statues, oh, no. and uh, one of the protesters got his fucking skull crushed. His skull crushed. Yeah. That's brutal, dude. Fatality. Fatality. That's the fucking. Uh, the system coming back from the grave and just like one last one last 
one. We're going to take one last one with us. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, well, I don't know what side you're on on this fucking, but 16 statues were fucking taken down within the last fucking week. The last, one of the last ones and most important one that was taken down was the Shaw Memorial honoring the first all-volunteer black regiment in the Army Union of the Civil War. Is there an explanation for that? No, I didn't find one. Uh, apparently, they didn't know that they hit that one. Oh, they were just destroying statues? Yeah, and they oh, okay. assumed that it was another fucking racist one. Oh, that's cool. They just saw something that was of, of the Civil War and just assumed that it was a bad one. That's great. That uh, sounds like that one time when they fucking looted uh, George Floyd's girlfriend's door. Oh, wow. During the riots. I didn't hear about that. That's fucking interesting. Uh, The monument was erected in Boston Commons to honor the 54th Massachusetts Regiment of Colonel Robert Goldshaw, who bravely attacked the Confederate forces at Fort Wagner. One of the soldiers carried an American flag throughout the battle, never dropping it despite being shot seven times. Wow. Carey was the first black uh, American to win the Congressional Medal of honor. Just great. And they tore down his statue? Well, yeah, they basically vandalized it and fucking put Black Lives Matter all over it. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I think people are making, mistakenly just attacking things that they're not even sure of are racist or not. Like uh, this next clip. Must be racist. if, When in doubt. When in doubt it's racist? Assume it's racist. Okay. Well, uh, here, let's see. This, this young lady, or this young woman used that same fucking principle chosen to cross different parts of the media world done the work so that i'm qualified to be in each one i never considered my color the issue i considered my qualifications the issue well david you know that that's a whole nother long conversation about white privilege and things that you have the privilege of doing that people of color don't have the privilege of how do i have the privilege of white privilege david by virtue of being a white male you have white privilege this whole long conversation i don't have time to get Uh, ariva i hate to break it to you but you should have been better prepped i'm black okay then i stand you went to white privilege this is the falsehood in this you went immediately with an assumption your people obviously or you didn't look you're talking to a black man they who started out in rock radio in <laughs> Boston, who crossed the paths into hip-hop, rebuilding one of the greatest black stations in America, and went on to work for Fox News, where I'm told apparently blacks aren't supposed to work, but yet you come with this assumption and you go to white privilege. David, That's actually David, insulting. You. It is, and I apologize because my people gave me wrong information. They they told well, me the whole white privilege thing is insulting. David, can, I, can I apologize and correct the record? I want to apologize. I was given wrong information about you, and I apologize. But based on my but color, white- you were going to something that I was part of. And just to add to it, my family background is white, black, Indian, Arawak, Irish, Scottish. I mean, it's so diverse. Diverse. I'm like the UN when it comes to this. And this is part of the problem with driving a narrative around a construct like white privilege. Privilege is one thing where applied wealth, economy, uh, various social factors, but not necessarily determined by color of skin. Oh, he's that's controversial, dude. I know. Very. Well, at least, <clears throat> at least she 
Apologized. <laughs> she apologized? She stood there. She didn't take off. You know, I, I looked up David Webb on the internet just to be like, well, let's see how many David Webbs there are in there. I don't know him. Well, he's one of the first ones that pops up is basically David Webb of Fox News and fucking has his own radio show. Yeah, that's good. He had a, a great a great radio voice. We should interview him. What is white privilege? <laughs> what is white privilege? I'm yeah. sure he would do it. Would that be another get for us? Yeah. That'll be top get. Uh, can you tell me about your white privilege, Mr. <laughs> David Webb? He'd probably fucking laugh. And I'll tell you about mine. Show me yours, and I'll show you mine. So, you know, we, we, we've made it a custom to fucking have a positive note before we leave. I really need a positive note because I want to make sure you don't have corona. You're over here coughing on my fucking sofa. Dude, fuck your couch. <laughs> don't care about your shit. And you're probably immune. You probably had that shit already. Oh, yeah. But either way, you're coughing on my fucking couch and you probably have corona. You're going to take it home to your girlfriend who's going to beat your ass. She's going to beat me for having coronavirus? Yeah. You think she's that mean? Yes. Maybe. She might be. She's going to come at you. What, you guys are both getting a gun license tomorrow. I have a gun license. But when are you getting the guns? So you can fend off the fucking looters and rioters. Show me the target. <laughs> what? Anyway, so the, the Players Coalition uh-huh. is a... It's actual... You know, like, there's just a lot of symbolic gestures that people like to partake in, but... There's um, a couple of athletes who are actually, you know, making some moves to change some shit. You know, things that are in the narrative now and uh, police reform and things like that. I thought it was a pretty good example of, like, actual fucking action being taken instead of people just shouting at each other and fucking being, like, unreasonable. They were doing something productive? Some good of NFL players formed to take the sideline protests to state capitals across the country. This past offseason, the group, known as the Players Coalition, successfully lobbied for criminal justice reform bills in three states. The Players Coalition is a vehicle, really, to just equip those with with influence and and impact with the knowledge that they need to really be able to stand up and be a champion uh, for those who need it the most. We feel that it's our responsibility to take a stand against the injustices that we see happening in America right now. Our focus areas are on criminal justice reform, police and community relations, as well as economic and educational advancement. We see those areas as the number one priority on how we can help uh, build up our communities, especially those who have been historically marginalized and disenfranchised. In Massachusetts, we help raise the age for juvenile jurisdiction from 7 to 12. In Florida, we help restore voting rights to 1.4 million formerly incarcerated Floridians. In Louisiana, we helped to restore voting rights to formerly incarcerated New Orleanians and successfully advocated for unanimous juries. In Michigan, we worked to make it easy for all Michiganders to vote and for everyone's vote to count. In Pennsylvania, we helped pass the Clean Slate Act, which automatically seals records for people with misdemeanor records. Most recently, we bailed out Philadelphians so they could be home for Thanksgiving. That one, that, that one, I was like, wait, you just bailed out everybody, though? Everybody. I don't know. 
I wasn't I wasn't one hundred percent about that one, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's that's you know when you see the video, you see them traveling, going from state to state, and speaking and shit, and you know that's pretty much it, man. That's what people have to be willing to do: have no, actual yeah. conversations and change, actually go there and change the shit. There's they're all small. They're they all seem like small things. Yeah, but they're. <clears throat> There are things that matter, and there are things that fucking take a lot of fucking effort to change. Yeah. Um, actually, thinking about that, this reminds me a little bit of um, this gentleman that I met at uh, a probation thing, something I had to go to. Oh. And uh, he was telling You're us- You're a criminal, too? Yeah, I told you this. We, You're we a justice this, seeker? Or, You're a looter? I justified my crimes. It's terrible. Um, but anyways, this guy, he was telling us how- Back in their day, they were fighting for stuff that mattered. And he said even, like, the most incremental things make a difference. And he was talking about how they basically uh, petitioned enough to get uh, or lobbied. They lobbied enough to get those benches, you know, those those uh, stone benches in fucking uh, holding cells. Yeah. Yeah, they petitioned to get those so that you could have a place to sit or fucking sleep while waiting fucking for... I guess to be bailed out or fucking. So as opposed to what the fuck was going on before, just the floor. Just the floor. I mean, it's those those stone fucking bench things. You don't think it makes a difference? It's a floor. It's an elevated floor, dude. It's a fucking (laughs) stone, dude. Yeah, when I got locked up uh, here in Cicero, the cells have these fucking. It's like a giant block of concrete. Yeah, and that's like. In the shape of a mattress is a big rectangle. Mm-hmm. A fucking dude, it's useless. It's terrible. It's like the same as the fucking floor. I would rather sit on that thing than the floor. God, that makes no. And I'd rather sit. You know, we're trying to leave out a fucking positive note. Oh, I'm sorry. And now you're talking about fucking cold slabs of concrete that people that get locked up have to fucking sit on. You know what? And man? how you're fine with that? And they're terrible. They're just a fucking. Just there was nothing the before. It's the same as nothing. It's a <laughs> lateral move, dude. It's a lateral move. Yeah, I you're saying accept. the guy, the guy was just, uh, he just thought like, yeah, I did this. I don't accept this bullshit. All right, fine. This is a fucking terrible note to leave on, but that's the note we're gonna leave on. That was a terrible idea. Fucking taking a smoke break after the fire chief segment. You over here coughing up a fucking lung on my nice ass couches, and neither of us can fucking formulate. Sentences. Look at your ass, dude. Cause man, this is fucking. <laughs> the fuck? Shut your ass, man. Fucking y'all should follow us on social media, all of them, every single one. Facebook at Almost Positive, Instagram, Almost That Positive That Dot Podcast, Twitter at the. <laughs> this I fucking hate this Twitter, dude. <laughs> At the underscore real almost And all the streaming services that fucking matter And a few that don't Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn And Pocket Cast That one's for Jerome, aka Hyro Aka our friend David, aka Jamal I'm glad you like that, uh, that's where I <laughs> I was the one I was all telling you I'm all like, well try the real Because that's what everybody else does oh, And if anyone's got any other streaming services that they want to fucking get us on let us know i actually saw that we're on on a thing called bullhorn i didn't put us on there who knows who the fuck put us on there someone did though i saw the the linkedin on our, our 
a thing it's like bullhorn i was like what the fuck is yeah that? i don't know what that is and then um almost positive hotline fucking hit us up at the almost positive hotline you know if you got some shit to say you got some complaints you got some questions <laughs> you know you can hit us up there and in our internal fucking look through those could share we, your truth you know with the universe could we possibly play some of these on air if you leave us a fucking voicemail on there we're gonna play it on air man and that's 312-715-7587 man hit us up this is better than a comment section dude do it leave us a fucking voicemail and this is Sir Rollington for Van Rollington. James. James Science, right? That's what it was. <laughs> I James don't know. Science. Um, Fire Chief Stan saying, keep an eye to the sky and ear to the ground. Stay vigilant and be kind. Peace. I'd marry you. This yeah, never mom. stopped anyone in this family before. You got a point there. <laughs> Do you ever take it back upon yourself to say that you're responsible for Helter Skelter? 99% of us are not left or right. There's one fucking issue that takes us over. We're literally in the middle watching these idiots on either side of the extreme say stupid shit we don't give a fuck about. I was a fool to wonder and straight for straight is the gate and narrows the way. Now I have traded the wrong for the right. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. To license it.